question the next superhero movie deadpool thanks you're welcome check see you later guys there you go <laughs> bye. bye rob we didn't like you Terry. anyway oh, and welcome to the down in front <laughs> podcast the official <laughs> podcast of down in front podcast.com i am your host warren and here at the down in front podcast what we do is review movies tvs just about anything and everything nerdy so make sure you watch the movie you grab a drink and you join the pod tonight we are excited this is our hundredth episode of the Donald Trump. I'm very excited. I'm very pumped. We have a bunch of amazing people. We have some amazing special guests and Kyle on the actual podcast. So, but before we kind of hop into everything, we're going to do a quick roundtable, figure out what people have been watching, figure out what people have been doing. We're normally going to start with the beautiful mouth of the South, Rylan. I'll let you boy. Your birthday is coming up. Tell me you got something spicy. Ooh, what's up? How's it going? I'm going to be the lame one tonight. I'm drinking water. Just plain old water. It's still morning time. The sun's out here in California, so not time for a drink. Sun's out doesn't mean morning time. Yeah. That literally <laughs> just means guns out. <laughs> guns and guns, there, guns out. Guns out. But uh, what is completely watching? dead. <laughs> <laughs> not in this heart. What I've been watching recently is uh, I love Tracy Morgan. I'm glad he's back. So I checked out his new show, The Last OG on TBS. And it is a nice, like, wholesome sitcom about him as an ex-con that leaves jail 15 years later and realizes, oh, Brooklyn's not Brooklyn the way it used to be anymore. And so it's all about him trying to figure out how to live in this new modern life and also how he can become a dad to his kids so it's got a lot of these nice fatherly advice things a lot of words of wisdom that the episode's in it's nice it's it's a uh, funny it's got some really good moments that tracy morgan makes work uh and it's also like kind of a more mature tracy morgan so it's not like his crazy characters from um from uh 30 rock or anything like that so it's really cool to see that he's grown as well as uh, he's still funny at the same time. That's a rare thing for comedians to make happen. So I'm enjoying it. It's fun. I wouldn't say it's the best show in the world, but it's all right. I'm glad really he was back. I know he got into a pretty bad accident. So I'm glad yeah. he's actually come in and made like a full recovery for that. That was like some scary stuff that people actually thought he wasn't going to make it out of that um, car crash, I believe it was. Um, so good stuff on that. Yeah. I really dig that premise for the show. Like that was a solid elevator pitch. I would have agreed with that if Thank someone you. said it to me. <laughs> I don't know if I would compare uh, or uh, describe anything that he was in as wholesome, though. So that's interesting. That got me hooked. The first word you used to describe the show. Yeah, I think it's like a very wholesome uh, sitcom. So it's like something you can sit down with your entire family so then watch. And it's got a very universal feel to it. 
Well, thanks. I mean, as always, it's great to see your voice and very great to see you and hear your voice and happy early birthday. I want to say it first before everybody else kind of hops on that bandwagon. Uh, as you already kind of heard, the beautiful 21 years old. Ooh, looking good. All oh, it's right. just Kinshiniera. Someone got his head on the reality stone. I think the time stone. On the time stone. Yeah, yeah. more appropriate. <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, nah, because he uh, does not look 21. <laughs> no, but like Sherry, he's going to turn back time. We have my best friend. Oh, I have missed it. him so much. He has been traveling all across the world from Brazil to Egypt to Denmark to Sweden. And now he's all the way back in New York. The beautiful Mocha Mike. How's it going, man? What is up, man? You got one out of four correct, um, but that's still pretty good. That's 25% right there. So you're not beautiful? Um, some locations. You'd be subjective, man. Anyway, I'm very glad to be back. You're right. It has been a while. Last time I talked to you guys, I was in Denmark during the Isle of Dogs podcast. Um, but I'm back in good old-fashioned USA. Um, and I'm ready for the, to talk about this movie. I've been super pumped about Infinity War for le- like the last six months straight. So I'm glad to have finally released that like ball of excitement in, in myself. As for what I've been watching, I... Recently finished Jessica Jones season two um, with great dismay. I was super bummed out by it. Uh, Jessica Jones season one is probably the best, in my opinion, the best Netflix show that they put out. It was just really interesting and different and compelling and like really racy and pushed them out the envelope a bit. And this season was like a good character study for her and the other characters, but also like went on way too long. I felt like this entire season could have been just the first seven episodes. And I also don't give a shit about her, her crackhead or ex crackhead neighbor or most of the characters. Just give me Trish Walker turning into Hellcat and give me Jessica Jones fighting Typhoid Mary or just any sort of supervillain, not just having this whole season-long uh, family reunion. Um, it wasn't bad like Iron Fist was bad, but it just wasn't a good follow-up. So I'm hoping that things kick, it, kick up a bit for season three. Um, as for what I'm drinking, I'm rocking this bottle of Havana Club rum. Uh, usually I take a shot, but this movie is not a movie that you just pour a glass afterwards. I'm going straight from the bottle because... This movie fucked me up, so uh, cheers, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you said you usually take a shot. You just took a shot, but all right. Well, I'm going to keep drinking. Don't worry. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, As always, great to have you. And uh, I also felt the same way about Jessica Jones, but I'm sure we're going to talk about that at some other time. Yeah. Um, All the way over, still in Massachusetts, we have the beautiful, the luscious-lipped Shredder, Mike Blewett. How's it going, Mike? All right. Thank you. Also, happy birthday, Warren. Uh, I know yours is coming up in about seven months. Thanks, man. Uh, so <laughs> I can't, can't get around that. Um, I'm doing good. It's good to be back. I have missed the last like five uh, oddcas. So it's, you know. What? Stop that. That's yeah, not going to be a thing. That's real. It's happening. Um, <laughs> tonight, I am drinking the Titan IPA. I felt it very appropriate. Uh, I had a couple options, but this one won out in the end. Um, what I've been watching, I finally got around to seeing A Quiet Place. Uh, that movie was freaking awesome. Uh, that movie was what it, what is it? It Comes at Night should have been. Like, it was 120 minutes of terrifying and heart-pounding nuts. Uh, whereas, uh, what, the It Comes at Night was like, two hours long for no reason at all. Like it just, and nobody came. Yeah. It told, it told a beautiful, beautiful story. <laughs> uh, the sign language, uh, like thing that they had going was amazing. And, 
that power couple is they're both incredible actors and actresses. Emily Brunt fact, and um, Josh Krasinski, the power John, couple. John. Yeah. Fun fact about uh, A Quiet Place. I, I knew that it was going to be in sign language, that there would be subtitles. I went to see the movie when I was in Denmark, and I assumed there would be Danish overlaid over the English subtitles. But no, it was just Danish subtitles. So I watched a movie <laughs> that was entirely subtitled in Danish on accident. I gathered most of it from context. And you don't need to speak Danish to know it, that those aliens are creepy. But So it was, uh, was kind of tough for me because I am a hardcore ADD space case. Um, and so reading for like an hour straight uh, was a little bit challenging. But I, you know, I have to applaud it because it kept me focused for pretty much the whole thing. I didn't, I fought it, but I uh, never succumbed to like watching or looking at my phone, which is like half the time whenever there's sub, there could be subtitles in a movie for like three seconds long. And I'm still just like, mm, if I'm just watching nice. it by myself. So kudos. That's character growth guys. Nice. Good job. It's, <laughs> I mean, we, uh, so the beautiful and the amazing Abbott did a fear boner about that. So please go check that out because that movie is phenomenal. It's one of my, better top like top five movies of 2018 so far so definitely check that out thanks so much uh and so let's toss it over to again the amazing andrew Asman, oh Absman, hanging out the host of the fear boners podcast how's it going man it's going good it's going good i'm uh here with uh friend kyle um barely and uh i'm drinking a um I'm not sure what part of that, but on the script I wrote, <laughs> there's a ghost in my room, you guys. Get out of here, ghost. Four Loco is the infinity beer that I'm drinking tonight, um, and I am immediately regretting it. Um, as for what I'm watching, I'm watching the uh, the series finale of Ash vs. the Evil Dead. They had actually announced last week that the series was ending abruptly because uh, stars had decided to cancel it. Unfortunately, please, please don't spoil anything, please. I haven't watched it yet. Please don't spoil anything. Oh no, no, no. It's, it's incredible. I'll tell you that it's definitely incredible. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say. I don't want to spoil it for you. So definitely watch it. Definitely enjoy it. We can talk at a later date. Um, but, uh, it's unfortunate. So if you and I want to pen a, a passionate letter to Bruce Campbell to, to bring it back, I think we can do it. Oh, wait, hold on. Keep going. <laughs> okay, okay, well, thanks. now that he's gone, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll tell you that Wild card. It, it leaves us in a, if you're familiar with any of the other movies, it's sort of, oh, there we go. We got a Bruce Campbell now. He's bringing in all the big guns. But yeah, check it out. Watch all three seasons and tell stars to bring it back. And also in the same room, we have the beautiful Kyle, who has just finished tour. So I was excited to kind of hear about that. Mr. Kowalski, how's it going, man? What you been drinking and what you been watching? Kyle Bass. Been drinking a number 32 by Trillium. It's part of their permutation series. I think it's unlimited stuff. Uh, it's very delicious. Been uh, drinking that along with any beers I can find along the road. I was recently on tour that brought me through Long Island, New York, Jersey, Ooh. Philly, Richmond, and Ohio, uh, as well as to a random theater in Connecticut to see Infinity War. So that was what I most recently watched, besides catching up on Atlanta last night. And besides that, I've been, like I said, drinking beers all over the greater North. Hi. 
Well, as always, great to have you on. Um, I'm really excited to also introduce our two special guests. I'll start with someone who has been here before on the amazing Saw podcast episode that we recorded. It was literally <laughs> his, his favorite movie of 2017. One of the hosts, and I think arguably our favorite character from the Wicked Good Game podcast, Rob, Dr. Rob, Dr. Bob. How's it going, man? What you been watching? What you been drinking? Well, I'm, I'm having some PTSD flashbacks from watching fucking Jigsaw, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm having <laughs> theaters, baby. Currently having heart palpitations thinking about it. Because it was that scary? No, because it was just that fucking bad of an experience. <laughs> and I'll never forget. I will never let you guys live down the fact that you forced me to see that movie. <laughs> but look at how we balanced it out. I had to You're watch back it too. for fucking Infinity War. Okay, well, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if it balances evenly because Jigsaw was a hot, steaming pile of trash. Wasn't that Thanos' <laughs> message, though? That Jigsaw was a hot, steaming pile of trash? Perfectly balanced. <laughs> no, that's why he gathered the Infinity Stones to wipe the memory of Jigsaw from the face of the earth. <laughs> please, please, do me the favor. Holy shit. Um, no, I'm, do- I'm doing all right. I'm, do- I'm doing okay. Thank you for having me back on, you know. Mocha, I'm pretty sure you and I have had extensive conversations about how let down I was with Jessica Jones season two. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't defend that or the defenders or iron fist. They were all bad. Uh, the Punisher was the best. The Punisher was the best Marvel Netflix show yep. to date currently, yep. in my opinion. Um, which brings me into a lot of, uh, heat and hatred and anger towards some of the things in, uh, Infinity War, even though I love the fucking movie, I'm going to sit here and critique it. I'll be that one asshole, guys. I'll be the guy. Don't worry. We already had Kyle, but I guess we have you two. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but this is a useful asshole. Yeah. 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 Ass to ass. Yeah. Yeah, ass to ass. (laughs) Y'all haven't had more than a couple assholes? Because I thought that was the whole podcast. Yeah. So, what are you drinking? Oh, I am drinking some uh, nice Michelob Ultras. Mm. Ooh. Keep it light. Mm, you got there. Mm, try to keep this girlish figure. Um, uh, out of my nice wicked good game and koozie that we handed out at PAX East this year. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. we got a couple of those floating around. <laughs> I noticed. I noticed I didn't get one. I'm stealing so. one next time I come to visit you, Abbott. We don't have any left. We they might have more than I do. I have two. Well, we it. had we had two, but we sold one online for like a million dollars. That sounds about right. I yeah yeah okay. yeah that checks That's out. Wrong. Um. I'm going to get a lot of really, really bad looks from everybody right now. Like, I'm staring at everyone's faces all at the same time. You can't tell. But I'm going to get all of them unanimously and simultaneously. But I just started watching The Office for the first time all the way through. Right? Like, no, that's oh, awesome. Wow. I, hey, I've, I've never seen it. it. I'm excited. Late, okay, late like rumors are still bloomers. I don't, I, I don't like Steve Carell. That dude's not funny to me. Yeah. Okay, Sorry. but okay. So I'm watch the I, Robert wow. California episodes, and those are the only ones. So yeah. I, I was the biggest Parks and Rec defender, and like, no, fuck, fuck the Office. I'm just gonna watch Parks and Rec again for the fourth time. Hey, nice koozie you got there, Kyle. That's why I like you. Oh, baby. <laughs> That's why I like you. Um, and then I started watching The Office, and like, I'm in, I'm halfway through season seven of nine, and it's. Yeah, I don't know, man. I can't not watch it. It's it's tough. It, it's too good. Damn, that's a plunge. How Dude, long? Like, how long did it take you to get through those those seven seasons? Uh, it's probably been I've probably been grinding for like two months. 
All right, that's fair. That's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I I sit here and I question like, what the fuck was I doing? What was I doing when it was actually on TV? Why why was I such a moron? You and I had the exact opposite trajectory with that because I refused to watch Parks and Rec for the longest time because I was like, oh, it's just an Office clone. I don't want to see that. I want to watch The Office. And then I finally watched Parks and Rec and freaking fell in love with it and binged through all of it. Exactly, because Parks and Rec has Chris Pratt in it, and Chris Pratt is the second sexiest man on the planet after Charlie Hunnam. Uh, and so our last and special, probably the best guest, because I really hate everybody else here. We have his Maddox, which is her first time on our show. So I'm really excited Ooh. for the episode. So thank you for hanging out with us. Maddox, what are you drinking? What are you watching? And what is your favorite movie so far in 2018? Oh man, uh, so I'm currently drinking Stone Brewings and No Effects' beer, uh, Pumpkin Drublick, which is for the upcoming nice. show. Uh, I'm really glad that it is tasty because I bought like two cases of it. Uh, so I would have been really upset <laughs> if I had to go through a lot of really shitty beer just because I love No Effects, but it turned out pretty good. Uh, I'm currently watching Lost in Space which I mostly love, except for the Dr. Z character. Um, I feel like it was a miscast. Not really uh. digging that actress. Uh, I also keep thinking of her from Blade 3. Um, so I oh, keep, yeah. every time she's on screen, I just keep thinking of all like the Ryan Reynolds like jokes about her. I'm like, I just can't take this character seriously. Um, Wait, but the show's actually good otherwise? I assumed it would be bad. No, it's actually like... No, they put so much money into the production for this show. It is insane. It does. Uh, Will Robinson is a punk ass bitch. He is a punk ass bitch. Uh, but the robot is awesome, which is really all I care about is that the robot robot's cool. Um, yeah. Not as good as Altered Carbon, but still Ooh, pretty solid. Such a good fucking show. Altered Carbon is so good. Well, Maddox, as always, it is great to have you. It's great to see you. Uh, thanks for joining the show. Uh, my name is Warren. I will be a host for this evening. I am currently been watching. I started The Handmaid's Tale. Has anybody seen that show? I'm like mad late to it, but the next sex, oh. second season is coming out. I can't uh, handle watching something that depressing. Uh, <laughs> so good. I know, but it's it is really good. So I've been like slowly binging Handmaid's Tale. I think I'm at episode like four or five or something like that. Um, while also watching Westworld, which I know nobody's said anything about, but I'm assuming I'm not the only person watching that show. Shut up, I haven't caught episodes. up on the second episode. I'm not going to say anything. I I said, I'm, I'm simply watching Westworld. That's all I said. <laughs> Let me map out my theories right now. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, and I am currently uh, drinking some uh, red wine. No surprise. Uh, this is a fancy label, but I tried to pick a wine that I, uh, what this, this movie made me feel. And as much as an extrovert and like excited person, this name of this wine is called The Introvert because I just didn't want to do anything after this movie. I don't know many extroverts that just pass like pass the fuck out sitting at a table in a bar. Oh, I know tons of them. I don't know any. (laughs) Depends on how many mirrors he has in the room. I mean, I can only count one on one hand and that's you, apparently. (laughs) Well, I mean, after like four or five glasses of wine, we, 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 we can never tell. Glasses or bottles? Bottles. I didn't know you were a bitch. It was keyword was bottles. <laughs> That's where you missed out. I'm sure it was bottles glass. Bottles are made of glass, so I guess technically yeah. it's a glass from of that wine. glass. But we're excited. We are pumped. <laughs> this is our hundredth episode. Before we actually get into our sort of spoiler section, because we will be spoiling this movie, we'll be talking about anything and everything, just to have a healthy dialogue and a healthy conversation. So we're excited. <laughs> we're pumped. 
our next segment, what we're going to be doing is talking about anything and everything for the spoilers. So if you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War yet, what's wrong with you? No, yeah, what the what the fuck? But go watch this movie. <laughs> Definitely go watch this movie. We will see you soon for a full spoiler filled podcast review of Age of Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> Age of Avengers. Yeah, this is going to be good. Of Age of time. Avengers. Agent <laughs> Cody Banks. The Infinity. I can, I can stop Asian when Avengers. I back and we are the down in front podcast the official podcast of down in front podcast.com we are with an amazing group of individuals that have joined together to fight forces to review this movie kind of like avengers infinity war what would you look at that so what we're going to do is we're going to actually review the movie we're going to talk about our plot um actings about it as well as the uh, we're going to talk about thanos we're going to talk about predictions for the future movies as well as anything and everything else um that we may be missing so let's actually kind of um just dumping into the group here let's talk about the like plot let's talk about acting as a whole we're going to talk about some pros and cons and i'm actually going to start off with rob here and uh, Rob, just give me uh, some bullet points of like just things that you either liked or didn't like about acting or the plot of the sexual movie. Oh, I mean, like the acting overall was, I mean, it, they have some of the best actors in Hollywood from around the world, literally, um, that have taken place in every MCU movie that's been released so far. So like, in my opinion, it's always top tier, no matter what. Um, the acting's always spot on. They... The casting that they did for every individual superhero is, in my opinion, the best they could possibly do. Like, I can't imagine anybody else in these roles. I did, um, when I was leaving, I went to go see it with um, my friend Kaylee. When we were leaving, shut up. When we were leaving, (laughs) um, I looked at her and I was like, you know who they also could have done as Thanos and it wouldn't it wouldn't have changed anything but interchangeable roles ron perlman as thanos yes could oh, absolutely yep. work yeah it doesn't even need to be cg right right <laughs> i mean he was already fucking hellboy hellboy is just a red thanos yeah is that right, racist yeah? What? Uh, <laughs> no, no, they're okay, both white, okay. so it doesn't matter. And the racist moment of the week goes to. <laughs> All right, I'll take, I'll take it. I guess. Fuck. No, no, that's Abbott. That's it. You're good. Oh yeah, fuck you, Abbott. You piece of shit. Um, <laughs> exactly. You get. Um, you can pick up your golden tiki torch later. Um, yeah. So acting's always on point, and then plot-wise, we're we're now into spoilers. So like, if you haven't of seen course. the movie, fuck you. Whatever. I don't know why you're listening to this shit. I still love you. You should continue to listen, though. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, Plot-wise, I think they did a great, like, kind of a change to the actual plot of um, 
the Infinity Wars from the comics, where Thanos wants to destroy everything for uh, his affection towards death itself. And instead, he just he wants balance. And it makes him appear as though he is he's not just like this genocidal lunatic. He's actually a mad titan. He's he's the titan who through his uh, in whatever he had to endure on Titan itself has changed him into what he is in Infinity War, where he knows or in his mind, he at least thinks balance needs to come to the universe or as you can see on Titan now it will destroy itself and he needs to be the one to take control over that and set the universe straight himself. Yeah. So I think they did. I think they did a perfect, a perfect change because he's not just going to snap his fingers and everyone fucking dies. Cause then there's nothing going forward. I think they did it. I think they worked it very well. And I, I liked how they made Thanos not like, like not completely likable, but like you could enjoy and see all right, this is this was his backstory. This is his thoughts. He truly believes this. Yeah. Uh, I know we're going to talk about Thanos a little bit later yeah. on too, um, but I'm excited to kind of explore that character a lot more. Uh, Maddox, talk about plot and acting. Uh, I really enjoyed how different characters were paired up who hadn't interacted before. Uh, pretty much like anything with the Guardians, like Thor meeting the Guardians at first was awesome. Um, especially because he is so muscly and gorgeous, uh, I really appreciated that whole that whole part. Um, Better looking than Charlie. You've been dragged there with your sister. Oh yeah, man, the yeah. Um, I really love the Iron Man Spider Man. Like that whole relationship yeah. and how it went the last few movies. To me, like the payoff for that was so good. Because uh, at first, we're like when they're. When they said that Iron Man was going to be a huge part of Spider-Man Homecoming, I was like, eh. Um, but just like watching him care so much about Spider-Man and trying to like constantly push him back and be like, you did a good job, but like now now take a step back. And Spider-Man just, you know, wanting to live up to it, like his mentor and how that all played out, like that whole final scene, I was just like tears. I think between that and uh, Thanos and Gamora, when Gamora is going on her speech about how, like, oh, you're totally fucked now because you've never loved ever anything, and everyone in the audience like knows how this is going to play out. Yeah. So just listening to her, like, you know, for those what felt like an eternity, knowing how this is going to end, like, oh, this movie is so good. I'm so upset right now, but this movie is so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, they did such a good job with pairing up the different characters, both for the funny scenes and for those really intense emotional um, punches that they did throughout it. Even the uh, Tony Stark and uh, Pepper Potts uh, moment that they're talking about, you know, waking up and kind of having children and having kids, and you can kind of see that uh, Peter Parker or Spider Man is like Tony's surrogate you know child uh, you know father son sort of thing but they're like bickering back and forth all throughout the movie all throughout you know spider-man homecoming to see that you see him kind of crumble in his arms at the end of this movie is like damn you guys like that's something that you set up in uh what civil war right it's something you set up in civil war we get more of it in homecoming and then we have this crazy kind of payoff in infinity war and 
I love how you can see that. I'm glad it's the same actors and you you know what sort of like relationship that we're kind of building up to. But for them to kind of start a scene talking about children, I thought that's kind of interesting just to see how it ends. I'm like, wow, somebody's definitely did their homework on that. So that was a great, great moment. Great call out. I will say oh. this. Speaking of uh, like character interactions, the one that I wish we got more of uh, in the next movie is strange and stark. Like I, for basically being, I think when we did a, the Doctor Strange review, we ba- like one of our huge criticisms was he's just the medical doctor, uh, Tony Stark. And yeah. those two played off each other perfectly. Like I, I think one of the funniest lines was, uh, you're embarrassing me in front of my wizard friends. Like that, <laughs> I, that was so good. It's, it's, it's literally like the whole science versus magic, you know, debate that they've pretty much been having for the past decade. Uh, yeah, where Thor's stuck in the middle of being like, well, you call this magic, I call it science. Well, yeah. so they're totally going to have that moment. They're going to have that, <laughs> did we just become best friends after hating each other for like a whole movie? I mean, what's awesome is they had like, I mean, these are two ultimate dicks of the Marvel Universe, and they have the dick off. And Doctor Strange just that's in That's in Ant-Man 2. That's Avengers 4, the dick off. <laughs> no, 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 that's no. The dick off. Doctor Strange <laughs> slaughters Tony, but also... He learns respect from him. And I think one of the coolest things is uh, that when he gives the time stone to Thanos is that Tony's looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, but Dr. Strange, you know, he's up to something. He knows a little bit more just because well, he knows he's been able to, to the use one. the Ayabaga. He knows what path they need to take in order to actually right. win. Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to question. I mean, you think it's that's- awesome. And but I mean it's really cool because Doctor Strange totally becomes the master of the Mystic Guards in this movie. Oh, I mean, yeah. Nobody, nobody can hold. I mean, when he's toe to toe with Thanos and actually going blow, blow against blow against them, he actually can hold up against Thanos for a little bit before he's overpowered. Which is wow, that's awesome. I did have a bit of an issue with that, though, because you can tell me Doctor Strange is going toe-to-toe with Thanos and nobody else can, but you straight up lost that battle against that dude with telekinetic abilities very quickly. Not about that life. I was kind of upset that that battle ended so quickly he just passes out and basically needs to be rescued. Well, and we, that's, that's he doesn't difference, do any other difference stuff. in strengths. Like, uh, Ebony um, Ma... And also, he wasn't, like, surprised by yeah. it. Strange was caught off guard in that battle. They were waiting for Thanos and preparing, and he was looking at 16 million different versions of the future to see how to fight him. So he was prepared going up against Thanos. And, and yeah. also, Thanos is more of a brute force guy, whereas Ma is definitely closer to the same realm. That's why someone like uh, Iron Man would get wiped. You know, the floor would be wiped by him by Strange. Iron Man's more of a brute force person versus Strange with like the magic abilities. I thought it was weird that he was able to beat sort of beat Thanos with like tickling him with magical feathers. That was like a odd scene in the. <laughs> that film. was magical moths, if anything. <laughs> I do like uh, I do like the uh, the act the the ability and the uh, relationship that we see with Doctor Strange and um, Iron Man. Did anybody notice that a lot of the lines that Doctor Strange was saying to Iron Man, because he was being such a dick in his own movie, everybody else was saying to him so. When people were saying, oh, I don't work for you and like all the same stuff that people were talking to Doctor Strange, he was saying that to Iron Man. So I thought that was another way to show like growth from a character from one movie to the next to see that this is how he's like grown to like be into his role to that. He knows that he's the guardian for this. And he also knows that he's made one of the most um, 
largest sort of sacrifices too to lit i think he saw himself dying and all these actual um instances that he kind of went forth in time so he saved himself or excuse me he saved tony uh, and can like let himself sort of die, which is something that he literally would have never done because he was such a like an asshole in his movie. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, Doctor Strange did too. have one original jo- a jab at him. He called him a douchebag. Yeah, that was yeah. the best part. Yeah. When he just popped that it out. Yeah. yeah. Big ups to Wong for going into this Sanctum Santorum, saying like, oh, "I'm gonna peace out here." Yeah. <laughs> I will, I will say, like, play some pizza rolls and chill. this that talking about strange does definitely remind me um speaking of like overall characters and uh how they were represented um every character was like represented the way that they should have been um strange the art direction they took for strange was spot on with his movie they did the the mirror dimension they did uh you know the whole like hand like replication, you know, thing that almost looked like a Hindu God, like they, every character, it didn't feel like civil war. You could almost accuse of having every character be in a captain America movie, which was fine. It worked out. Whereas with infinity war, every character had their own moment to shine in their own universe. And then they connected with everyone else. For example, the other big one that I can think of, uh, in the score, there was only two instances of music being used outside of the original score. One was literally the theme from Black Panther, which is Mm -hmm. fine, cool. It's another orchestral arrangement. And the only original song was, what is it, The Rubber Man? Yeah, and that is is the intro song to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Again, uh, you know, the Russos, they had everyone else from all of these other movies work as executive producers or producers or special consults on it. And James Gunn was definitely part, uh, part of that being like, Hey, this is the guardians. They have seventies pop music. This is how you're going to introduce them. And I thought that was like beautiful that it felt like it felt like one single unified movie with 60 characters in it. Yeah. Uh, Brylin. Uh, yeah. So, um, one, uh, one thing I would say with this movie, my biggest concern going in was that they just weren't going to have enough time for this whole cast of characters, uh, if they made an Avengers centric movie and thank goodness they made it a Thanos centric centric movie and that the Avengers were just obstacles for Thanos. That's probably the best thing they did about this movie was you're here to learn about Thanos and his mission. And it's not about the Avengers per se, but what they did with the Avengers is they gave all of them their superhero moments and they had these really cool pairings. Um, but you know what? There are people that still the show and Thor, Chris Hemsworth, that dude knocks it out of the park. Um, I might be joining yeah. team Blewett with team Thor <laughs> and just be praising Thor from here on out because no he has like the best moment, the big rah-rah moment where my crowd cheered was when the Bifrost hit in Wakanda. You see him with Yarnborn and come out with Groot and Rocket. Bring me Thanos. And he's just like ready to rock. It was fucking amazing. Um, Also, I really like the uh, set pieces of Nita Valir and Vormir. Nita Valir was awesome awesome. seeing Big Giant Dink and it's there, you're forging. (laughs) (laughs) Big Giant Dink. <laughs> I like it when you call me Big Dink. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> Absolutely. 
but um, it's it was really cool. Just be, even though it's they're forging a weapon, they do a really cool enacting of like what it is to turn on a star and forge this mystical weapon that can kill a titan. Um, and then kill you. With Vorm- Not if I'm dead. That's that's how. <laughs> But I feel like that's how everyone else speaks to me. So I really resonated with that scene. Yeah. And everything around it, like where Drax is just praising Thor or um, <laughs> Chris Pratt using his Thor voice against Thor. It's fucking amazing. Um, and Vormir is just like one of the best dramatic moments ever. Uh, seeing Red Skull in the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, he, man, I was waiting for that so long. And it, he he's like the perfect like kind of shepherd for Thanos. That you're like, whatever happened to Red Skull? Now you know. Uh, and it's really cool. It's like, how are they going to bring him back into the in future movies? I hope they do because he's one of the best villains in Marvel's universe. Um, but yeah, the whole thing with Gamora and Thanos, I think that's a better way of approaching sacrificing love or sacrificing what you care about most to get what you want. I think it's more, I mean, it's definitely better than idolizing and wanting the love of this woman. That's not going to give you that love back. It's kind of the same thing where Gamora is like, I hate Thanos. I hate Thanos, but there's some part of Thanos that is just know it. No matter what I do, this quest I'm on to destroy half the universe I'm going to still love you. And it's like that whole thing, like no matter all this death and destruction around him, he knows at one time he had a daughter come back and he could be a father to her. And that's just huge. I mean, it's really cool to see like this big purple alien. that looks like an eggplant have this actually deep moment, which is really nice. Um, People eater. I'd say like my only bigger beef is like the black order probably was unnecessary. They're just some, they came off as a bunch of like just superficial CG characters. Yeah. Have Evan Maul as like this Herald of Thanos. Just, I mean, I thought that was really cool how he's like just announcing mighty Thanos is here and stuff. And the other three, they're just there to be action beats and they're not really, there's not much to them at all. See, yeah. Hang on. Can I was I hoping a, to get more from that. Can I take a quick uh poll? Uh the guy the the dude uh that was with the chick, what was his special <laughs> ability? Corpse oh, I don't think Corpse he has Mocha, Mocha Corpse don't play. say anything and Brown don't a, say anything and Abbott don't say anything. To be skinny and hop around. He had a ugly. scepter. What was special was it, about the scepter? Was it his uh, blade that he couldn't like? Uh it's because it could stab vision. It it kept them from phasing. And it could deflect the, what is it, the mind gem that Vision had? So Corvus Glaive's big thing is that he cannot die if he's holding on to that glaive. And that wow. was not, so so in the end battle when he's about to die, that's why they kept on cutting back to the, the glaive being away from him in that whole fight, was to like show that. To me, hmm. so Bryland, I wish they did more with uh, the Black Order because I thought Maw was developed perfectly well. Honestly, I thought that uh, Cull Obsidian or Black Dwarf or whatever you want to call him uh, was you didn't you didn't need to go any further on that. That was fine. He's the big brute. But I thought that uh, they totally had a miss with Proxima Midnight and Corvus Glade, who are married. You know that that could have been Proxima Midnight is 
badass in the comics. Right. They could have yeah. gone further with that and then made that a little bit more. Like, that was honestly my only real big nitpick was I loved the Black Order. Uh, I just wanted more from them. So I get where you guys are coming from in terms of the, the Black Order or the Children of Thanos, as they were called in this movie like not being enough. I don't think that they should have been removed from the movie. They were they were obviously in there to be good combat fodder, but like Blewett said, they deserve more characterization. This movie was just way, way, way too dense to fit it in. And I am completely fine with them cutting the personality from the Black Order in order to like do everything else they did in the movie. But I don't think they should have been removed. I wish that they got more characterization. Because like Blewett said, there was a lot more like there was a lot more detail to them from the comics and they actually had personalities. Another cool thing about Corvus Glaive is that his 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 blade um, can cut can cut cuts at the molecular level, um, whatever it pierces. So that's why he was the only one who was able to, to make contact with Vision and actually do damage to him. That doesn't come across in the in the movie at all. As a comic book nerd, I know that. And it's a cool detail to pick up. But like hmm. like Blue was saying, there were things there that could have been brought out to make them more interesting if we had some more time with them. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with two. them not going into super detail on it, just because I feel like they would have had to add a considerable amount of length to the movie, which they probably wouldn't have been willing to do since it was already fairly long. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they had to cut back somewhere, and I, I'm okay with that. That being yeah, the I, cut. And are they um, all Jonathan Hickman creations? The Black Order. Yeah, they are. Okay, then I'm perfectly fine with them all being dead because Jonathan the- Hickman is a chabroni. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such nonsense. But no, yeah, Maddox, I'm on the same page. Like, it was too dense for them to be in there, to be fully fleshed out. I think that it would have been better if they had been able to, but I also think that the movie would have suffered because of the, the runtime. Yeah, yeah. It's, I was, it's tough. I was a little bit surprised that um, Winter Soldier didn't get, like, a little bit more of a payoff in this movie. Um, just Because I feel like with the end credits in Black Panther, everyone was like, oh, yay, like, White Wolf, he's there. And then he was he got a couple scenes in this movie, but I he didn't I don't do anything. Know. He had like, a good he got that moment where he didn't even do his use his arm. Yeah, he got that he moment where like, he and Steve almost kissed. They were real yeah. close to it. I swear yeah. they were. They were yeah. right there. No, no, no. He picked up. He picked <laughs> up Rocket <laughs> Raccoon. He picked up Rocket Raccoon yeah. and did a whole 360, and they Which fucked everybody up. That yeah. was that was one of the coolest scenes of the movie. That, that was, that was pretty one of the coolest that Like that was that was really it. Like even like when he died, I was kind of like, you know, like it sucks, but eh. I would say um, my last big beef with this, and it goes along the lines of like Winter Soldier not really getting his due in this movie, is they tried their best to give as many superhero moments here. But man, give Cap a Cap moment. I mean, he has some good action scenes. He's got some good banter for like two seconds. Like, I am Groot and I am Steve Rogers. Yeah, that's funny. But I wanted like a Cap speech before the shit hits the ground. Where he's actually, um, I mean, show him as the leader and have Cap. I mean, you, I mean, Cap is the leader of the Avengers. You need to have that moment. He's not in the MCU. When he, cut, when he cut know. that like spear and that, I thought that was his moment. I don't think he needs to have any more speaking moments because he's had that in almost every. Yeah. Movie what about what's the, that's Cap? That's Cap. Yeah. He's the guy that motivates the... you. He's the guy with the plan. He's going to but make he's sure not the, that. Hey, we're in this together. He's the motivation, or he's yeah. the guy that drives the motivation for everybody. I mean, let's be clear: Thor's abs are the motivation. Like, <laughs> that's that's true. all you need. So Thor's abs are the motivation. So, so I, I, I think Thanos' when, fist was way more epic in yeah. the trailer. 
Like, it, it seemed way more, like, important in the trailer when he catches Thanos' hand. But then in the right, movie, it it's like a moment. split second, and then he just gets punched out. Yeah, and Thanos I, is like, oh, that's cute. you in trailers, though. Like, they love to do that. But that was the best piece. The Infinity like Hulk was in the the trailers. Infinity War yeah. trailers were brilliant because they literally yeah. they showed no, the they last weren't. scene of the movie and you didn't know it. Yeah, you no, still the, didn't the know. trailers were trash. The trailers, there's still trailers going on right now that show the Hulk in it, and the Hulk is not in that fucking movie. <laughs> that's that's that was the point. That's why the first five minutes. They. I can go on YouTube right now, give me four videos, and I guarantee you there's going to be an ad for Avengers that shows the Hulk running through Wakanda yep. with everybody else. Right. And no they, point mm, is the Hulk in Wakanda. That's, He's just that's the fine, because I was hyped up to digital see... artists thousands of dollars to deceive all of us. And right. that's amazing. I'm, Bullshit. I'm, that's yeah, one of my thing about the trailers. Whatever, None whatever. of Thanos' dialogue was in the, from the trailers where it was in the movie. No, Not a single bit opening, of dialogue. It's his opening lines. The you know, still arrives. a smile on my face. Yeah. You can avoid all that by not watching trailers. No, they, they were perfect for me because they did not show anything from the movie and they got me hyped. Bryland, Bryland. Uh, one thing I, right, I got to say about that one. So I view this as kind of like a parallel with the entirety of the MCU where the MCU started off as Tony Stark's little baby. Um, and I think that realistically, if you had a grade characters, it was probably like Thanos's 1A and then Thor and Stark are 1B. You know, they got the most screen time. They had the most development. They were the most, uh, like, involved people in this. Um, I think that Tony Stark, like, obviously, from what he's been through, is not going to be as engaged in Avengers 4. And I really yeah, he's think... he's literally destroyed at the end. Right. Of and I, I think Wait, that... What do you mean? He is going to be Avengers 4. No, he's in That's it, what this but whole I, movie was about. No, but I think... No, Avengers 4 is going to be Captain Marvel. No, we'll get to this later. Anyways, I, I think that this is going to be like phase two where you have Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron and uh, Civil War. And I think that Avengers 4 is really going to be Captain America's movie. So while Cap, you're right, did not have that moment in this film, I think because they filmed them back to back, I think you're going to save all of the Captain America moments for Avengers 4 because he's realistically going to be that team. Like, Thor is going to feel guilt for not hitting Thanos in the head. Tony's going to feel the guilt of Spider-Man. Like, it is going to be Captain America in Avengers 4. Wait, so is the Avengers 4? Hang on so one wait, second. Mo so Mocha first. Mocha first. Yeah, I have a quick rebuttal for this. So there's definitely going to be more Captain America in Avengers 4. I guarantee you that. Same thing with Captain Marvel, for sure. She's going to be the powerhouse. But the heart and soul of the entire MCU from day one has been Tony Stark. Whether it was his own movies, whether it was Avengers 1 and 2, Civil War, Spider-Man Homecoming, he's the central figure throughout all of this. He's definitely the Avengers leader in the MCU. But more importantly, in this film, we had Doctor Strange, who had no love for Tony Stark whatsoever, spend his time looking through all the different possible futures where they fought Thanos and lost. And he said there was only one where they happened to win. And then later on in that film, he does this unthinkable thing where he just hands the, the time stone over when he sees that Thanos is about to kill Tony to save Tony. And then when he, when he, when he does that and Tony questions him about it, Dr. Uh, Dr. Strange says, it was the only way, Tony, or this had to happen. I guarantee you that Tony Stark had to survive because he's going to be the okay. main person in Avengers 4 to no. take to actually avenge oh, sure. the situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the That's only fine. reality I'm just saying, where we won was when he lived. Right, right. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying that Tony's not going to have like probably the death strike on Thanos. I'm saying that 
Captain will be America will be the main like focus. Like Tony Stark's whole journey to space was, I think, plot one B. You know, in this whole film, and I think that Cap- it's going to mostly follow Captain America in Avengers Four, and you'll get those crazy moments that Brian was wishing was in this movie in the next one. That's all. That's all I wanted to say on that I one. Think, I, I hope not. True. I think I'm I'm kind of done with learning more about Captain America. I think I mean, either yeah. way, Avengers Four is going to make all of us shit ourselves inside out. No, he, Captain America needs to die already. He should have he died just, two movies ago. He just ago. needs to say Avengers <laughs> no, Assemble no. and then dance with Peggy Carter, and I'll probably ball in my ass out. <laughs> yeah. You, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with And that. those will be the scenes. Do the Charleston. Like, He's going to trade lives like he said we don't do to bring Bucky back and go be a time stone or whatever to have that final dance, and that's his like, closing moments. Oh, use the time stone. Ooh, that'd be dope. Oh, okay. I'm excited to talk about that because I had a couple theories that we're going to get into uh, a little bit later on at 2 a.m. tonight. Um, (laughs) So, Abbott uh, Abbott and Kyle, what else do you guys want to talk about um, acting and plot-wise before we move over to uh, talking about Thanos? Should we go at the same time or should we alternate? Well, I don't like like Kyle, so let's start with him. You guys need to finish each other's sentences the entire time. We finish each other's sandwiches, thank you very much. Who plays plays, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow? (laughs) (laughs) What was that? If uh, if Go they're ahead. finishing each other's sentences, who plays Gwyneth Paltrow? Ugh. That's an Infinity War yeah. joke. He that they said that literally in the no, movie. Gwyneth Paltrow. Just, no. <laughs> I've already forgotten she was in that movie. I loved her in this movie. Tony, what? come back from space. Tony. Oh, oh my god. My Are you serious? <laughs> Talk about this. But she, he, he did that before. He said he wasn't going to do that before. And the first time he did that was in Avengers 1. Now he didn't have a chance. He didn't have a choice. Again, he's choosing. And there was a situation here that she said that you don't need this. You don't need it. This is why you have it. He's like, I'm trying to protect us. And she's like, you need to like let that life go and have a life with me. And he chose. I get that. This. Yeah, I, I, I get that. For her character to react that way after a giant spaceship appears over New York City again and still be like, well, don't go off into space and fight the thing that's destroying our world. Just come home. Was just like, was just dumb. It was just yeah. dumb. It's got it's got to be real Very good. Amazing. It's got to be real good to get me to jump off a space spaceship. It's goopy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Abbott, Kyle, what else do you guys want to add for the uh, acting and plot? Uh, beyond uh, what the parental theme, um, it's already been kind of touched on how like how much I've grown to like Thor as a character. Like, I, I have always thought his movies were the worst in the series, and also it's just because he was the character I just couldn't start to care about uh, as badass as his whole realm is, but just that speech that he makes about, like, you know, you wouldn't believe the day I've had, or, like, the life I've had, and the kind of shit he has going on, but at the same time that he's still relentlessly, he's like, well, I wouldn't have survived all this if I wasn't meant to do something, so until I fail, I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah. And just, uh, it was just one of those things where it's like, yeah yeah you are and now i'm on your side like i ragnarok which was the most fun of the thor movies still didn't make me care about thor that much like i laughed at him more and that was it um but i would uh, i would kind of uh go back to the the point that kyle was uh talking about and it also kind of uh pulls in a point that um maddox was talking about earlier is i really like how they're like Marvel movies kind of blend a lot of happy and sadness sort of together or kind of, and they really kind of raise the stakes and have like a real moment 
because we are in this series in which it's it goes from having like an ensemble sequence of Thor and all all the Guardians of the Galaxy. So then we then take the ship and then it's only three characters, one character who doesn't even talk, which is Groot. And it becomes like a Rocket and Thor sequence, which, again, if you remember, the last time Rocket had one of these sequences is what Yondu. And it's also like a beautiful sequence in Guardians 2, where then you really start to see of these characters, and especially Thor, is hurting a lot. And you finally get the time that we had a lot of issues, at least I had a lot of issues with Thor Ragnarok, that, man, Odin died and no one seems to care at all. Wow, you just blew through that. All right. In this movie, they take that time. They had fun. You were, they had a bunch of jokes around, and even Thor was trying to kind of push it, push these things away. Of like, oh well, he he has he he hasn't beat me. He's like, yeah, he just beat you earlier. Well, he hasn't fought me twice. Yeah, but like, do you know all the people that you lost? And I like that you have those two characters, and then it's a crescendo to the point where he's like, well, I have nothing else to lose, right? So I have to do this. Like, if I'm meant to do this, I I I have to give my all because what else is there? And we we've never in none of the Thor movies before, and none of the times that we've seen Thor, we've never seen that side of him. And so, starting this movie off, which is I'm like I'm glad this movie started off right at the coattails of the um, Thor Ragnarok movie. Starting this movie off, we see a bunch of people dying, and so we also see you know Heimdall's dead and Loki's dead, and so already you know that we get in like a different Thor character. It's still kind of funny, but there's like some under tones of this man is hurting and i'm glad they at least paused the movie for a little bit like slowed it down before we got to nevertheless to show that he is hurting and that's something that we you know you don't see in superhero movies and that's another way that they raise the stakes a bit more and um that was like probably one of my favorite but like that is actually my favorite part of the movie Warren, one of the, one of the things that i think they should definitely like they have to address in avengers 4 is that um in that whole scene, which I thought was brilliant. I thought Chris Helmsworth has earned any acting gig he wants to. That man is funny. That man is action-driven. That man can be very dramatic when he wants to. Um, Better looking on him. Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but <laughs> but he – so he has that great line, and then Rocket, as Thor is walking away, goes, oh, I have a lot to lose. I have a lot to lose. There's not a single other member of the Guardians that makes it out of this movie. Yeah. Literally, literally Rocket uh-huh. – in Guardians 2, with going what you said about, you know, that scene with Yondu, like, he earned himself a family, and that entire family is stripped away from him. And yeah, he is the one. only one of the Guardians, and now he's with he the does, original Avengers. He doesn't know yet, right? They don't even know right now. Yeah, they so they're, yet, go- yeah. him and Thor are going to have a lot of reconciliation to do with each other, and I think a lot of yeah. building with each other um, that you're going to see in Avengers 4. Yeah, and even if Rocket doesn't know that everyone else is from the crew is dead yet, he had to watch Groot die again. And not only did he have to watch him die again, but he also couldn't get a piece of him. He knows he's gone yeah. for good now. Right. I had to watch Groot die again. Do you have any idea how heartbreaking that is? <laughs> <laughs> it was tough. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like the first time yeah, Groot actually Groot made a choice. Like right after choice Earth Day, too. How, I didn't how, give a shit if anybody that? else died. If anybody else died, fuck him. Groot, yeah, the most really gentile real. creature out of them all. He just started know. getting his you grassy pubes, too. You could ask those outriders when he's he was, like, whipping them with his teenager. hand if he's gentle. <laughs> I am great. He's innocent. He's an innocent. He was a teenager at the time. He's a teenager, so he's drinking four locos and vaping all the time. 
I, uh, I thought the way that the, the Vision yeah, Scarlet Witch thing played out was also pretty intense. Because, like, you knew throughout the movie it was building up where she was going to have to, like, basically kill Vision. Uh, but then the fact that he gets brought back to Just life to and again? she has to watch him die again. Ugh. And then like, he gets zapped out of his yeah. existence. What? And then, like, and anyone who's, like, read the comics, like, Scarlet Witch just always gets the short end of the stick. Like, she gets fucked over yeah. so many times throughout the comics. So, like, watching it play on that movie, I was like, oh, man. So, <laughs> she was so, the only one, though, that I feel like was shortchanged because she is so incredibly powerful, but she yeah. was, like, held back in this movie. But no, Vision was. Vision was, like, Vision was absolutely held back. Yeah, that, this, was, is one of the, this is one of the biggest gripes I had with this movie. That Vision is supposed to be one of the strongest characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And yeah. then you could see that from every other appearance he's made. And yet he's he's wielding an Infinity Stone. And yet he's getting his ass kicked every fucking scene he's in. Yep. He gets his ass handed to him. And he the does very first not, thing that, they they have, that happens is he gets wounded for the first time. Away. Like he was injured at the start of the movie. Yeah. And, he, yeah. and he basically never got a chance to recover. Oh, patch that yourself up. Rub some dirt on it. Rub some spit on it. Your AI shouldn't feel pain. Patch yourself up. I was okay. Shoot somebody with your infinity stone. But even even without even without an infinity stone, Scarlet Witch has the ability to bend reality. Like in the comics, she. Yeah, exactly. So she she can do like it wasn't really displayed in the movie. No, she did the beginning of Age of Ultron and hasn't since. Yeah, exactly. So like I feel like her her love of Vision kind of got in the way of her like actually unleashing her power. So I think. If anything, wait, did she did she disappear? She dies. No, yeah, she, she dies. Okay. Yes, she does. Well, never mind. So My two things spoke. about Scarlet Witch and Vision in that last scene that I loved loved about it. One is this whole movie had this really dark and bleak tone to it. And things were just really dire. And when Vision dies the first time and Scarlet Witch destroys him, we get a really clean, like Disney-esque death where he, his body is vaporized. He just goes away. Nothing's there. And it's like, okay, that's sad, but you can deal with it. And then Thanos brings him back. Rips yeah. the time stone out of his head, and we get to see his gray corpse with his eyes rolled back. <laughs> like, and it's so like gnarly, and it's just like it was heart wrenching. So good. It just it was, it was such a good like slap in the face. So and then cool. the other cool thing from that scene was just Thanos's line where where Scarlet Witch is weeping over uh, yeah. her lover that she just killed, and he goes, uh, "Now, young one, or young one, not, now isn't the time to to mourn. Now, now is well, he goes, now is no time at all." And then he activates the time stone for the first time and just reverses everything. It was just well, so badass. Well, and like, and he tells her, he's like, "I like, I respect you. Like, I know why you did it." And I was like, "Oh man, Thanos is such a good character in this movie." Like, I'm, like, I thought he was gonna adopt his dialogue was on point. Uh, yeah, yeah, like that. That whole the whole way that played out. I was like, "Damn, Abbott, what do you got?" Uh, well, I'll, I'll keep it brief. Two two of my favorite parts of this movie is this is the DC movie that DC has been trying to make for years. Um, for a Marvel movie, this is dark as fuck, but it's still funny. Like it still has moments punctuated by how the characters interact that make it that bring some levity to a dark situation. But it's still like if you consider the fact that you know two beloved characters get killed very early on in the movie, and this is a follow up directly to one of the funnier movies that they've had in years, one of the more successful movies, like uh, Thor Ragnarok was so enjoyable and so light. And like, considering the subject matter, like it's a, it's a jailbreak comedy to turn into this. And then suddenly like Loki's dead, Heimdall's dead. And you know, the stakes right off the bat, but then it's still kind of funny. Like when you see Peter Quill telling Iron Man that his, his, his plan is dumb. 
like just straight off the bat, like they know the stakes, but it's there's still this like levity to it, which is really great. But also a big thing for me was as soon as the Red Skull showed up, I've been telling people for years, he's not dead. He's going to come back. He's still a thing. He didn't get killed by the Tesseract. He just got sucked into space. He's going to be somewhere waiting. He's going to come back and he's going to do his shit. And I really hope he's not just that part of the movie. He was really cool. He was kind of like a sidestep in the movie, but I hope he comes back around and like the Tesseract might be like his thing now. But the fact that they didn't get um, Hugo Weaving to be the Red Skull again was kind of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to do. <laughs> so yeah, no, I really know, tell I know, them. I know. But like, I was trying to put my finger on who was doing the voice, and it sounded like Littlefinger from Game of Thrones for a second. And it's I actually, was like, "It's the guy from Walking Dead." Yeah, it's Aaron. Yeah. the uh, the dude from Walking Dead, the gay guy from uh, the guy Alexandria. Who did die. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> There's a gay death in Walking Dead. Spoilers. I love yep. that show. But um, yeah, no, I was still happy to see him. And that was a big thing for me. So anybody who told me I was wrong can suck it. Uh, but ultimately, I love this movie and uh, DC can also suck it. That's fair. <laughs> so let's talk about Thanos. I know we already kind of talked about it here. I know that Rob had a couple of thoughts. And uh, yeah, I'm going to start with Rob. I mean, they what they did with Thanos in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, like how they took him from the comic books itself through the actual Infinity War uh, saga, like he was just a hellbent. I need to eliminate everything. There needs to be death uh, incarnate. Well, he was trying to woo death incarnate. And then he the way he wanted to do it was just by eliminating literally everything. But at the snap of his fingers, everything is gone, and it was just him and death. And they took that in such a... Like, I don't know, like, they they influenced it so well with um, how they created the Mad Titan itself. Because he... His backstory of his world Titan is just being devoured by overpopulation, his only idea is you know, fuck it. Let's just kill half of everything. Let's kill half of everybody on this world. And, um, you know, we'll start new. Then we'll have like, what, another couple thousand years and we won't have to worry about it. When you go back to Titan in the movie, everything's desolate. Everybody's, there's nothing left. Everyone died. He was the only one left and he was the actual mad Titan itself. And it gave, it it gave, um, like more fulfillment to his actual beliefs where he thought to himself, this is the only way I can save the universe and I can rest afterwards. He says it when he's telling them like, what are you going to do after you kill everything? I'm going to watch the sunset. You know, I'm going to watch a sunset on a world that is grateful because he's the only one that would do something like that. And the way he goes about it, it's, it, it just continues to um, fulfill his own thoughts of, this needs to be done. I'm the only one who can do this. And it makes him so much more of a likable character, even though he's not a likable character. You know, like he's a he's a fucking supervillain. He killed half of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He killed half of the universe like altogether. You still can kind of feel what he feels. Unfortunately, you can kind of feel what he feels, which is why I, I enjoyed his character so much. And Josh Brolin was fucking brilliant. And I really, really hope Iron Fist was one of the people that died 
<laughs> and I hope he never comes back. <laughs> I hope he didn't like disappear, but rather some dude who was driving a car disappeared, and then that car just pummeled into him, and he was pinned to a tree, and he just got stuck there for like six hours and bled out. That'd be the ideal death. No, I just I need him to be snapping. I need him to be gone forever. But like in all in like in all seriousness, dude, Thanos is the perfect villain in my eyes. I, as I was saying beforehand, I love Ultron for his motives and like his why he wants to do what he wants to do. But Thanos takes that to a completely like the next fucking level where he truly believes he needs to eliminate half of everything in order to balance the universe. And by doing so, that balance will, you know, continue to prosper life. He's in, it was incredible. He was absolutely incredible. Did everyone catch the end? was was great because in the comics he's sort of he's at that farm or like that homestead where he's kind of chilling basically yep. after he accomplishes his goal you do what he needed to do and retire yeah it's it's like kind of nice like you even almost feel nice for the villain because you're like oh you got a break that's kind of cool you just yeah, killed you see a whole the, shitload and you of see people the anguish kind of like relieved from his face turn to like a smile like yeah yeah but in the comics that i wish that was included that was like in the comic, he has a scarecrow where he kind of hung his outfit. Yep. So, like, you you sort of see him in the cornfield, like, draped over the scarecrow. Like, I almost wish they included that no, part. No, they did. They did. They hunted. Yeah. I was just about to say, he had he had the armor on the scarecrow. In the comics, it's different because the in the comics, he gets defeated. I didn't see it. Oh, it, to, uh, so I watched it today for the second time, and I read that I that was again. there. Yeah. And I yeah. made sure okay. to look. It's I in his front yard. Well, shit, now I enjoy that movie twice as much. Yeah, that's so a, he has... That's the, like a movie-to-comics thing, where, like, if it's a scene in a comic, you're gonna see it, because it's one thing you can look at, versus in a movie. If it's placed in the background of one part of it, you're gonna... Well, they did like, so many things like that with this with, with this movie, in terms of, like, really small Easter eggs that went by in a flash that you needed to just be aware of in order to get it. My favorite one, which was huge for me, was when Thanos um, sacrifices Gamora in order to exchange her soul for the Soul Stone. He wakes up in this completely empty field that's just golden right and that seems kind of out of nowhere but for anyone who follows the comics they know that that's the in that's called soul world that's the inside of the soul gem and that's the one of the, like the greatest powers of the soul gem is that you can t- extract people's souls and imprison them in that in that world well, why wasn't adam warlock in there because adam warlock hasn't been born yet oh my god are we really gonna get into this no we're not this is gonna be another three hours long no we're not gonna get into it because it's distracting from my point but the fact is that's a really sick easter egg that you wouldn't notice unless you were aware of of that from the comics he's a science sperm baby uh talk about that um i mean i'm right there with dr bob i mean josh brolin brings an incredible performance to this character and it really doesn't work unless he's knocking it out of the park and it's i mean just the complexity the nuance of the character that makes this movie work and it's um and like i said before it's they take this idea that out of a out of the pages of a comic book would come off as pretty corny of this guy fawning over this girl death and wanting to kill half the universe to prove that he loves her even though she even after that she doesn't She's like, whatever, I don't want to, I don't care about you. And they make it a little bit more relatable. They make, they, they channel it towards the love between a father and a daughter. And that's when Gamora realizes that Thanos truly loves her. 
after all this time, after all the hate that she has for him, it is a heartbreaking moment. And it's kind of like, this is the point of no return. Thanos, I mean, kind of doesn't want to do that, but he does it anyway, because what's more important, the mission or is it the love of his daughter? And he has to choose one or the other. And it's, and they sell it really well. And no matter if Thanos is a nine foot tall CG character, you see Josh Brolin's performance come out of that, which is amazing. And I think this will be probably the summer of Josh Brolin because we have him coming up in in Deadpool and he looks like he'll be amazing cable and hell, I'll go see Sicario too, even though I don't think that's a movie that doesn't need a sequel, nope. but I'll go see it because Josh Brolin is putting out some amazing acting right now. Brolin, Brolin, in uh, that scene, <laughs> in that scene with, uh, what's it called? Uh, Gamora and Thanos. I like legit did not know who I was welling up for. If I yeah. was welling up for Gamora because she's dead um, or Thanos for having to go through and kill her. Like, yo, shout out to, to Zoe Saldana too for uh, her performance with Gamora. When she first sees Thanos and runs up and cuts his neck and stabs him in the chest and she thinks that she actually killed him and he falls to the floor gurgling, she like, she like cr- crouches down so on the floor in like, a, in like a sitting fetal position and she doesn't even cry. She screams like this like lost child that just saw something horrible. And it was just w- this really emotional scene that I wasn't expecting coming out of the most badass, most dangerous woman in the universe to see her kill her father, which is her goal, but then also react with just horror at the fact that she did have to kill her father was just so there was so much com- complexity and nuance in that and their whole relationship. And I just thought it was I just thought it was fantastic. Uh, let's toss it over to Mocha. You have anything else for Thanos before I toss it over to Abbott and um, Kyle? Yeah, I do. Just a couple of things. Um, Sort of in line with what everybody else was saying, but just to be more specific, humanizing Thanos and kind of looking over his, or ignoring his obsession with death for this movie, at least, was the smartest thing the Russo brothers could have done. Um, they took the most alien enemy we've seen in the entire MCU and somehow made him the most human. And in doing so, they created just a surprisingly nuanced villain and someone who's really complex in a way that we haven't gotten at all in the MCU, at least not this close. Um, we've had some good villains, but Thanos just really takes the cake. Um, Kyle, looks like you have a uh, an incorrect rebuttal. Do you want to go ahead? <laughs> Killmonger. Killmonger was complex, but not. Yeah. I, I I think that Thanos still takes the cake over him. He's not an alien. I think. Well, yeah, but Killmonger also did a couple of things in the movie that made him seem like okay. You didn't need to do those. Uh, well, Killmonger was but, driven by by rage ultimately. Yeah. He was com- He did have complexity, but not like Thanos. Thanos was driven by uh, by his his obsession with the notion that he had to carry this burden for the universe in order to make it better because no one else would. And he had to sacrifice everything. Like he says it when uh, when he has that vision of Gamora after he completes the, infin- the, the gauntlet. He yeah, she's like, what did it cost? And he says everything. Um, yeah. And that's just that's not what we got from Killmonger. Killmonger was great. But I but I really think Thanos just took it to a different level. Uh, Abbott, Kyle, what do you guys have to talk about? Uh, anything more before I toss it over to Maddox about Thanos? Uh, I like the fact that Thanos was kind of OP, like overpowered, but it didn't bother me the fact that like he beat down the Hulk within the first like 10 minutes of the film. Like it kind of set the stage and raised the stakes, but like you felt that like even without the glove, he probably could have accomplished that. Like he's a big motherfucker, like he could have just handled that on his own like almost 
And like they really kind of set like who 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 he is, like what he wants to do, how he's going to do it. And I thought that was great. But also beyond that, the fact that like he is a full CG character just with Josh Brolin's face slapped on it was amazing. Like yeah. I've seen Josh Brolin in a lot of dramatic roles. I mean, he's played George W. Bush, for example. But like even just seeing him in like No Country for Old Men, like he can handle these roles and suddenly he's in a Marvel role and all you see is his face slapped on this giant purple grimace motherfucker. And you're just like, (laughs) wow, you are really like even just with your face, you're bringing it like, you know, like how to act this role, even though someone else is moving for you or someone else is moving you along the scene. And it really worked like I wasn't distracted. There was no uncanny valley moment where I was like, oh, he's a computer generated guy like i don't care about this guy he was still very formidable and i thought that was great um for thanos and i thought it was handled very well i was very skeptical at first because he looked a little different and he was there's all those memes going around about how he like bleached his purple skin and all this stuff but he was he was still very well uh well accomplished in the movie and i thought that his emotions came through especially towards the middle to the end of the movie when the tears come through like it just really conveys his emotion, which I think for me is what usually blocks like the CG characters is like emotion, like the the movement of the eyebrows. Yeah, yo, Adam. Yes, one one thing. So uh, first of all, the detail was incredible. I noticed they had literally like eyelashes moving on their own when they'd zoom in on his face, which was unbelievable. The other thing is that um, this quest was definitely aided by the Infinity Stones. But his ego was still there. Like, he knew he had to accomplish the goal. And he'd use any means necessary to get to the goal. But his ego prevented him from just going out and as soon as he got one Infinity Stone, just using it. Like, he could have used the Infinity Stone, the Power Stone, to beat the Hulk. And he didn't. He just flat out wrecked him. Uh, And he only used them at the worst possible cases. He used the Soul Stone to get Strange. Uh, What was it? He used Reality Stone to trick the Guardians. Like, he used them as a last... the Power Stone to rip the moon (laughs) down from Titan. Oh, that part was so cool. Well, yeah, so that's, that's just because he was super pissed. Like that that yeah, was that was him acting out of pure rage. Right. You but, guys realize Titan's not that far away. That's just Saturn. That's like Saturn's moon. The thing yeah. is, Ego died in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Damn it. Damn it, Rob. I was so close to making that joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do it. This yeah, is usually yeah. where he says spoilers. But, but he, he Oh no, totally I'm not said, saying spoilers. Fuck you no, guys. Not you, Rob. I'm talking like Warren. <laughs> Oh, yeah, fuck you, Warren. No spoilers. We, we can all go with a good old F you, Warren. But uh, the, the thing is... You, go to living you can't say no spoilers when we started the, <laughs> we're in the no spoil or the spoiler full oh. section of this podcast. Well, we I gave you a minute to get away. The big thing is, though, that Thanos did take on every single challenge by himself if he could and only resorted to this, like the MacGuffin if he needed to, which I thought was very telling on that character. That's a good call out. Uh, Maddox sounds like a delicious breakfast sandwich. Just <laughs> I mean, they're not um, bad. I mean, pretty much what everybody else has, has already said. I was really skeptical that Thanos was going to be a good villain. Um, just from previous like end of credit scenes and the trailers, I thought it was going to be kind of a CGI mess and it wasn't going to be um, that good of a character, but I was surprised. Um, kind of on Lewitt's point about his ego, 
I thought that that was important because it worked in that his character wasn't overpowered. Um, because like he could have like killed people along the way, but he left a lot of them alive throughout the movie. He could have killed like all the guardians and whatnot and not had to worry about him later. Um, when he turned uh, Star-Lord's gun to bubbles and then just says, I like you, and then disappears. Yeah. Like, oh, it was um, so cold. I was a little bit surprised when, like, when Drax and Mantis like, got turned back. Um, I thought he was going to leave them like that. Uh, so I, I think it speaks a lot to his character in that he he's really full of himself and he just thought that they wouldn't present a problem later on. And, I mean, he's got, he got his way, so they didn't. Um, but I, I thought that that was an interesting way to take his character it also like highlights to his 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 notion that what he's doing is about justness and balance yeah. like he wasn't he was powerful enough to kill anyone who got in his way like he said but he didn't kill people unnecessarily because he felt that the only proper way to kill people was to do it at random and yeah. that that's how that would be fair he, and it he just, wasn't it, cruel for the sake of being cruel even yeah, though yeah. he would do incredibly fucked up shit um it wasn't like most of the, at least most of the time, it wasn't just to be an asshole. It's almost like Marvel's uh, Two Face. Flip a coin. Be, beyond that, he also shows respect for several of the Avengers. Yeah. yeah. Like throughout the entire film, I like you. I respect you. I respect that. Like he says that to yeah. several characters yeah. throughout. He tells Tony, like, I, I hope, I hope they remember what, your name. Dude, what omni fucking powerful super villain in the universe is going to be like, I respect you. Okay. That's fine. I respect you. And then be shut up, Warren. And then beyond that, like when he's just pushing down on captain America towards the end of the movie and you see captain America, like pushing kind of pushing back, you could see it in his face. Like, wow, what the fuck is happening right now? Cap's right, the only one that gets strikes in cap, like actually lands a couple blows and none well, of so the other Avengers do. No, Iron Man cut him. Iron Man's the only well, one that cut no, him. No, 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 I know. But like in that like rampage at the end, he's the only one that gets like anything through. Well, well that's, that's a Thor. callback. That's a callback to Wall. Yeah. Like, that's what about Thor, though? Like, knocked out, and that's how he died. But there is, no, there's a, there's a part in one of the comics where Captain America is the only person left to fight Thanos. Yeah, the, I uh, think uh, what is it? Out. If I have a single breath in my... Uh, body, you sound brave for a man that's about to die. I hope right. that happens in Avengers Four. Oh yeah, and then he'll die. You know, yeah, oh, he please, and then he dances please the kill Peggy, Cap, and then already. Mike Blue is bawling his, his eyes out. Explodes. It's gonna be nuts. Like like. I'm gonna toss it over to Kyle before we move on to our favorite section uh, theories about the future movies. So, Kyle, I'm glad it came here, especially after that part, uh, because there is. It, it seems everyone had the voice that he's consistently balanced and fair no i think he gets more empathetic towards other characters because he, the first five minutes he kills two characters just because they annoy him like i'm yeah. and loki like so he killed loki because loki betrayed him loki yeah. was one of his servants and then okay. he tried to run off with the tesseract Did so try and then he tried to kill him <laughs> i'm just saying that wasn't just for fun and yeah, yeah. like Maddox said he just tried to kill him afterwards like, and then he and heimdall like used his power to send the hulk away okay uh, like, the only time he not really went all back these other characters try and stop him did that not piss him off like i just don't think it's very different or that he's more ruthless back then and he becomes more balanced there's like listen if you're just not directly stopping me then i'm just get out of my way 
Well, keep this in mind too. When when Thanos shows up on Thor's ship, that is the remainder of Asgard, right? So what's left of that planet is there. And then Thanos allows half of that group to leave. And then everyone else who's on that ship, he kills. That was part of his balance. Every world he went to, he killed half the population. It's just that for for Asgard, there wasn't much of that population left. So he was just being in line with his with his mantra at that point. Yeah, at the beginning and before he starts getting the Infinity Stones, I mean, he's like, you know, regular employee in the shit. And then he begins becomes upper middle management by the end. <laughs> so I got two things very quickly. Um, one, Thor 2 is god awful. <laughs> Not <laughs> just get that out there one more time. Just yeah. because, so we had two. But it's got Cat Dennings in it. Didn't that establish and Natalie Portman? So it, yeah, it established stone. what the reality stone was. But in that movie, the reality stone was this big old red light into the sky. And yeah. in Infinity War, they really showed what that stone is all about. And that just further drives home how terrible that movie is. Where the the nowhere scene, like, first of all, the, uh, what's it called? The Titan scene. I don't scene think there's cool. any reality bending in the dark. The unfortunate world. part is they have, what's his face? The dark elf. Um, Malekith. He's, yeah, okay. Malekith is like a great bad guy. Like, he's a great foil for Thor, but like, he's just. Used right, very but, but like they could have had, they could have had the reality stone actually bend reality rather than being like a power it stone did. knockoff. It was really weak, but it did. When we get first get introduced to the reality stone, it had created a port, a, a connected portal from where it was to Earth, and it was causing physics to completely be bent and be nonsensical around it. That's why we had like the floating cars and the port, like the teleporting yeah but it then was they, then they it also, was, it was a reality that was stone that wasn't being wielded it was no, just the radiating energy of it ryland that was later on that was because of the convergence not originally but they also mocha they didn't separate that enough from the convergence that the reality stone to make any I agree. difference like it was like how do you mess that up so hard because in infinity war the reality stone actually augmented reality whereas in thor yeah. 2 it did nothing. So I completely stupid. agree with you. Thor, to Thor, the dark world, like fucked up on every single account, including with how it handled the reality stone. But I will say that no matter how they, they could have shown the, the effects of the reality, reality stone and Thor two, the point of Thanos actually being able to change reality the way he did was just showing that he was strong enough to be adept at using it. Um, sort of like the way they use the, the fight against Hulk in the beginning to set the stone for to set the stage for just how um, strong Thanos is, this it's something similar can be said for the Reality Stone. But I agree, it, it's it's display of powers in Thor: The Dark World was just another one of the many failures of that horrible movie. Yeah, uh, and last last point, uh, can we just before we go into like predictions, can we just like celebrate the fact that Marvel Studios takes criticism real? And like they actually do like a realistic way of responding. So there's three big things that you could say about the Marvel Cinematic Universe: color palette, music, uh, and number villains. two, it's it's not DC. Right, right. Well, so DC tries to autocorrect way more than they need to. So we're not going to even touch that. But like, I will say this: uh, this movie, um, starting from Doctor Strange, really, the color palette has been incredible. Like, very diverse. The worlds have looked so unbelievably different. Um, the music in this one, Sylvester's score was unbelievable. Like, the fact that the credits, they didn't do anything visual. 
and they just had Silvestri's score was like a, a testament to how great that man's work was. Um, the fact that they didn't use any existing music except for one 70s pop song and then the Black Panther theme, again, a credit to like how much they trusted him. Like that, they hammered home the Avengers theme and any variations on it to a degree that we haven't seen in any other Marvel movie. And I freaking loved it. Um, and then the last one, villains, we've touched on it before where uh, going back, uh, Thor really didn't really have a villain, but um, Vulture, Ego, um, and then now Thanos have just, they got villains. Oh, and sorry, Killmonger, the last one. I knew I was forgetting one. They they know how to write villains now. They know that all of the characters, the main characters are established enough that they don't have to rely on developing those characters to make a good movie, and now they can work on having the secondary ones build up. I still think Billy Ultron was a good was villain, incredible. too. Who? Billy. Billy. The kid? From Punisher. Oh, no, no, yeah, those oh. don't count. <laughs> Oh, we're getting the Marvel. Ex- we're getting the extended no, universe. No, 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 because no, I can't no, be here no, for another no, six no, hours. No, 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 no. Again, again, Ultron is still one of my top favorite uh, Marvel like Cinematic villains of all time. Yep. So, so I'm excited to talk about some fun theories, some things. I think that we have a new resident uh, person who has some crazy ass theories. He's already started before. I'm going to toss it over to Rob. Oh my! All right, everyone. Uh, all right, this is a common segment that we have in not another gaming podcast. Everyone, tinfoil caps, please. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for everyone to put their tinfoil caps on. There we go. Everyone's got their tinfoil caps on. Thank you very much. Um, all right. So we know. Look, Mocha, we we've, we've got into this before that Captain Marvel is going to be set in the nineties. Correct. Yes. Correct. In my opinion, I plan. I anticipate seeing. Thanos make an appearance at some point in Captain Marvel where this is what his pre predetermined previous destiny was supposed to, you know, take fruition from. And Captain Marvel, who is allegedly the strongest um, Marvel Cinematic Universe superhero to date, is going to thwart that somehow. All right. So, so how I see it playing out, uh, because Captain Marvel is what it's the next slated besides Ant-Man and the Wasp because Ant-Man and the Wasp is supposed to be happening uh, in between civil war and infinity war, like timeline wise, it's between the two. Um, Captain Marvel is set again. We're going to say 30 years in the past because we're all old as fuck. Uh, You guys a lot more than me. I'm only, I'm a ripe 25. (laughs) Ripe is right. (laughs) (laughs) that's so good not be a t-shirt line we do (laughs) Um, we were just talking about kevin spacey we can't say that set oh shit don't say his name anymore he might appear behind me i'm the youngest one here he's gonna show up i don't say the fucking champ um yeah thanos is gonna have some part to play in captain marvel i have no doubt in my mind and i think that she it will establish an already set in stone uh, relationship between Captain Marvel and Thanos. I also anticipate because this was one of the biggest things that I was furious about in um, this, the one we just saw the infinity War we just saw 
was that there was the lack of Nova and there was the lack of Adam Warlock. And Adam Warlock was already teased in the post credit scenes of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, who is also supposed to be one of the strongest Marvel Cinematic Universe superheroes to thwart Thanos. I think combined Captain Marvel and Adam Warlock will have to make an appearance in the next one. And then beyond that, there has to be a way for them to implement Nova into the franchise. He's too big of a character in the Marvel Universe to not bring in. Like they had the Nova core from the original Guardians of the Galaxy that got completely wiped out. You know, you got to bring in an actual Nova character himself. Beyond that, you know, in the next one, there's going to be a way, the one plan that um, Doctor Strange saw into the future out of the however 14 million many possibilities, there, this has to be the timeline leading up to, that's the only way we can win. I gave him the time stone. Fuck it, this is on you guys now. You guys got to com- continue through with this. They'll figure a way to reverse the time, bring back, I think, at the end of the next one, this is when everyone's contracts are up in the air. Like, hey, fuck it. Maybe I want to go on for another five or six episodes, uh, five or six movies. Or you know what? I've had my stint in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm good for now. And when they when they bring back the superheroes that were lost in this one, that is their opportunity to a like either completely bring them back, or b completely kill them off, or c bring them back as an alternate form of that superhero because we have so many already. There's so many to draw from, from the comic books. There's what, six different versions? How many versions of Captain America are there? Four? There's yeah. a dozen different Spider-Man, but like, we're going to see more. Characters that could be Captain Exactly. Right now. Exactly. If, if, they, if they don't want to be involved another, for another 15, 20 years down the road, they don't have to be. They have so much to draw from, from the comic books. I anticipate, I'm going to say, Rough numbers. Rough, put uh, put your uh, tinfoil shoulder shoulder pads on, everybody. <coughs> Just fasten them. Damn. Fasten your uh, tinfoil shoulder it's pads. Like playing conspiracy theory, Skyrim. Skyrim. Oh, this is all I do. You guys, hey, you listen to the podcast. You know I, I'm all about fucking conspiracy theories. Bullshit. You never put on shoulder pads, though. You're what are you talking? I, fo- I played football and lacrosse growing up. I wore shoulder pads every day. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Being on the bench doesn't count, though. <laughs> Everyone, put on your uh, tinfoil jock straps. Yes. All right, that's fucked up. All right, so, <laughs> um, I'm gonna say like 75 percent of the heroes that died, not like physically died, like Gamora physically died, but she has to come back for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Spider-Man has to come back for the continuation of the Spider-Man franchise. Um, who else? There's a few Panther. more. Black Panther. Black Panther has to come back for the continuation yeah. of that franchise. Pretty much all of the Guardians of the Galaxy need to come back for one more movie. But um, I'm going to say 75% of the heroes that died, besides like Heimdall, maybe even Loki. Loki, there's a chance that Loki can come back just because he's the god of mischief. Um, I'm going to say 10%, no, 15% uh, stay dead. So 75 plus 15, that puts me at 90. And then I'm going to say 10%. Look, this is what I do. I'm a math guy. I got my master's in physics. All I do is math. That gives him a 33 to third chance of winning. I think 10% of the superheroes that died come back as an alternate version of themselves. 
or an alternate version of that superhero. Rob, that I'm gonna badass. I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. I think that the only and I'm gonna disagree with you disagreeing with me. No, that's Ooh. fair. But they've, they've they've already they've already casted male Captain Marvel as well. Yeah, it's Jude Law. Yeah, but yeah. that's part of his origins. That's part of the origin story. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Warren. Um, <laughs> I know. I was I wasn't gonna say it. Then you said it. And I was like, oh no, Warren. Yes, oh, we haven't gone again. So, so, Rob, the thing about this one is um, I think the only one that is actually constrained is Doctor Strange. Like, Doctor Strange is set up as the villain uh, or, like, the counterpart to Mordo for the next one, whereas you could do Guardians of the Galaxy and just inject uh, Iron Man and Thor and then add one cosmic person, like Richard Ryder, um, well, no, 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 that doesn't make sense because the whole purpose of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is to put more of a focus on Gamora and not the rest of the Guardians. It's still focused around... Really? Warren, heard, Warren, take your headset off one more time. I heard James Guardian, Gunn... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, the, the plot behind Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is supposed to be more tightly focused on Gamora as compared to the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy core cast. That's why I anticipate all of them coming back. Interesting, because I heard that it was going to be um, most of the characters do not come back for three. So I heard oh, it I was going to be. Thanks. We'll find out when it comes out. I heard we'll circle back. We'll circle back at Guardians of the Galaxy three when I have all these predictions right. <laughs> all my fucking tinfoil. So, so you could have you could have you could have Nebula and then Rocket and Tony Stark. Too. Tony Stark was in the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics. Be yeah. your be your core cast members for that movie and then go. Yeah, but so has Venom. Venom's been in the Guardians of the Galaxy too. Venom Space Knight. Yeah, but it's not Eddie Brock's Venom. It's um fucking Flash Flash, Flash, Flash Thompson's Thompson. Venom. Yeah, but which is pretty good. Like that's can't like stand that Venom movie. But hey, Venom Venom can build you new legs. That's pretty cool. The um the, yep. the point I'm trying to make is that like literally I think the thing they set up between Mordo and Strange is the only reason that they'd bring back any of these characters that you could conceivably replace Spider-Man with Miles Morales. You could replace um, Black Panther with either Shuri or Okoye um, and then have pe- like people be all right with it. Um, right. Who's the other ones? Uh, Captain America would have to keep on going, which I kind of hate that. I, I wish that either Bucky or Falcon took over for him. Um, and then who? Who? <laughs> all else? the mainstays could be replaced. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. But I'm. And beyond saying, that, like Jane Foster could, could be Thor. Right. And they could oh, bring God back Tobey no. Maguire, Andrew Garfield. Right. So the, the point is, so, that I think so the only I'm gonna I'm gonna share my predictions on <laughs> because just I think this has gone off onto a rail of that's multiple ridiculous. universes and just fuck everything up. I'm you gonna bring it back in mind. to a set of perfect balance. Let's right. go. Let's let's go, Brian. Right. The X Men so, are gonna make an appearance at some point. One thing about these Marvel movies is there. It's a detriment how successful they are because you can definitely just see how they're setting up the next movies uh, and make some educated guesses about it. So in Avengers 4, you'll see the OG actors that were original Avengers. They're going to go away. And it's a matter of the Infinity Stones, especially the Soul Stone. You got to give up a soul to bring one back. So we'll have Captain America still. It's just not going to be Steve Rogers. You'll have a Thor. It's not going to be Odin's son. You'll have an Iron Man. It's not going to be Tony. 
And then you're going to have the rest of the characters make out the rest of the Avengers. They're going to make out? No, they're not going to so, make out. Uh, Rylan, okay. do you want to hear you my... Can't, you can't promise they won't. Don't tease that. So my prediction is Bucky ends up being Cap at the end of Avengers 4. Yeah, they foreshadowed Maybe, that a while ago. I think it'd be perfect fit for Shuri to wear an Iron Man armor. No, Black Panther. I, not do Black you, Panther. Do you think that, do you think Black, that Bucky's going to be Black Panther should Cap not be an over Black Falcon? Panther. Yes, they're going to do the Bucky, th- Bucky thing because they built up Winter Soldier too much. Um, and then, or you could have Rhodey be Iron Man, which is perfect. Um, and then you could have, um, so for the Hulk, that's the only thing is I think Banner's going to stick around a little bit. No, because I think he's, I mean, <laughs> that would be cool, but I don't see a, another composite for Banner right now. Maybe okay. Not. So Mocha, what other theories do you have right now, please? <clears throat> so my biggest theory is that Rob's just wrong on everything. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically, we want to get into the movies. <laughs> no, no, we want to get into the movies. Um, so, I, you know, it seems that they that that Marvel did a good job of kind of sticking to the source material while still altering some things, and I think that we're going to see that in Avengers in Avengers Four. Um, I think that we're going to be introduced to more abstract concepts in the Marvel universe. Like we're going to talk about the gods that are that represent um, like forces mm-hmm. of just existence, um, living tribunal. Yeah, living tribunal, eternity, um, Kronos, all those guys. Um, similar to how in the in the comics, when the Avengers fail to stop Thanos, like the universe ha- like upends itself in order to try to stop him too. Um, but I think that ultimately we're going to get a similar like something similar to the comics as well, where Nebula is going to get her hands on the gauntlet take it from Thanos and use it to undo the death that she did that, that he caused. And I think we're going to get all the heroes back. Um, I do think that the experience will traumatize a lot of them and they're going to use that in to leverage into different characters, either leaving the, leaving the franchise. Um, so I don't think we're too far away from a lot of what your predictions were, Brylin, in terms of certain characters being replaced by other characters. But um, I do think that either Nebula or Cap is going to get their hands on the gauntlet and undo the, the the damage that, that Thanos did. Um, but I also think if, to get a little bit more specific, I think that we'll get a little bit of an insight into Thanos' obsession with death as a, as a revealed justification for why he wanted to end life with a, with the gauntlet <coughs> instead of creating utopia. I don't think they're going to go way into it, but I think that they're going to start talking about that in Avengers 4. Um, so yeah, those are my predictions with that. Um, we're going to see some abstract concepts. We're going to see a hero take like restart the world with the gauntlet and we're going to see everyone come back as they were, but it, no one's going to leak come back uh, unchanged. I still would disagree that they're not going to bring in the whole coveting death thing. That's a more com- that's going to stay in the pages of the comics and I, that the Gamora, the Gamora relationship replaced that. I wouldn't be surprised if, if you're right on that. Um, I think that if they have an opportunity to talk about death, it's going to be, when Thanos is able to, when Thanos is already in God mode and doesn't have anything to fear from the other Avengers or the celestial beings that come after him, I think he might get a little bit more, uh, what's the word, um, like dramatic with his monologuing. Um, but but I but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't go that route. But I do think that that's their opportunity to do if they're going to. Maddox, your theories. Um, 
So I think they're going to bring back most of these characters to life in the next movie. Um, but I mean, that said, I think a lot of them are going to get brought back. And then I think that Iron Man and Cap are going to die. Um, I think they're going to be exiting the series in the next movie, either by dying or just being like, you know, we're out. You know, maybe Iron Man wants to go put a bunch of babies in fucking Pepper or whatever her name is. Um, but I think they're going to be leaving and passing off the series to the other side characters that they brought up. Um, they really built up Scarlet Witch in this movie in terms of her powers and how she's grown. Um, so I think it would be cool if they have her develop more, um, especially if they go the route they win the comics where she kind of loses her mind. Um, that would be really cool if, like, if she comes more into her reality bending powers and starts to lose it. Like, are you referring to? Are you referring to House of M? Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, that, that's that that's would, an interesting way. Yeah. Like that. That would be a fun. And like, and that's not. You know, it's not probably not going to be a multi. Um, movie plot but that would be a cool thing to see in, in one movie um, so I'm hoping that they do more with her character and I think a lot of it's going to depend on what happens with the deal with I guess Fox like in terms of getting X-Men rights um, I think that's going to have a huge impact on how the movies play out I for Maybe one that's would... how they can get the Inhumans to disappear oh god please um, <laughs> I, I really want no more Inhumans I want a Black Panther Storm movie. Um, if, if I can get that, like that would be awesome. Like I want to see more X Men in the Marvel universe. I don't know if we're going to get that or not, and I don't know how. Like how Stella got her groove back, but with Aurora, and like she meets she meets the Black Panther, and they have like a really hot weekend, and then they get married. And no, then mark they- that down as a death race segment. Yeah. <laughs> Death Death race. Race. Oh three. man, I just spilled water all over myself. I thought that would be a really sexy movie. I thought that would be great. <laughs> yeah, I think the my only concern is Marvel likes to have everything it planned out. And so I don't know how this is gonna work with if they don't know for sure how long they're gonna have the rights to these characters and if they're gonna be able to use them. Like, does that mean that they're gonna have the roadmap for the next five years and we're not gonna get any of the X-Men? Maddox, apparently, apparently Feige just had a, a meeting about 2024, 2025. Just now. Like a week ago. He was just like, yeah, I just got out of a, a meeting. We discussed what happens in 2024. Like, we're not even going to be alive at that point. Oh, yeah. yeah no. I mean, we're already old as shit. Like, we're not going to make it to that. We're not going to live. You're all, you're all are already old as shit. You mean. Yeah, Speak I, for yourselves, old timers. I'm taking I, my You are not 24. <laughs> I just want my Rogue Gambit movie. That's all I fucking want. Oh, is I want to have Rogue yeah. Gambit number five comes out the, uh, tomorrow. But let's not like let's not be Channing Tatum though. I want Channing Tatum just for the eye candy. Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum is, is, a good, is a good Gambit. Channing Tatum be is below Gambit. Charlie Hunnam. Channing yeah. Tatum is yeah, yeah, like Charlie the rest Hunnam of the is Rogue. Oh man, oh, <laughs> uh, Jesus. Ka- Kyle Abbott, do you guys have any theories? Oh God. Most of the ones that I wanted to hear is the ones that I like brought up when I asked, what's his motives and how is he tied into everything? And a lot of that was covered there. So okay. that was the discussion I wanted to have. Yo. I, I, I personally want more. I want more Red Skull. I want more. I want Adam Warlock. Uh, obviously, I want more Captain Marvel, which they say essentially they're going to deliver. Um, I want more 
just like more new characters introduced in the end. Like if they're going to kill off a bunch of characters, which I think they're going to do, I think they're going to basically reintroduce a lot of the characters they kill off because they're not going to kill off a lot of these new characters that they've basically dissolved in this movie. They're not going to do it. Like that would be dumb. That's not going to make money for them. So they're going to bring them back and then they're going to introduce some new characters so that they can kill off Cap and Iron Man. This just makes sense business-wise. And this is how money works. So I'm excited to see who they bring in. Like if they do if they do bring in Captain Marvel, if they do bring in Adam Warlock, if they do bring in for example like Beta Ray Bill as like a small like kind of cameo, that would be cool. Because then we could get a Thor that passes off Stormbreaker to pick up Yarnborn, and that would be a cool side story. Because Yarnborn is like really cool. It's like a hammer and an axe. I thought they you did get, a like, bit of better better a Bill. Oh, that was animated. his face is on um, in Ragnarok. Yeah, he's one of the champions. Yeah. Uh, oh, exactly. into, so they did. Uh, okay, Ragnarok. that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but like, so I to know that. In real life, technically, in technically, real life, he's a canon screen. character in the MCU. If he's you know put up onto the fucking pedestal out there. But like oh. the moment where like Thor passes that, like the, the, the weapon that he basically went to all these lengths to beat Thanos with, and he passes it on to beta Ray bill. That yeah. would be a great moment committed to film. Isn't that, like, isn't, that would be amazing. isn't Stormbringer technically beta Ray bills weapon? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then he needs, so basically he needs to pass that on to beta Ray bill. And then he needs to get Yornborn, which is basically Molnir plus one. Like, essentially, it's like an older, like, version of the hammer, but also an axe. Like, it's more badass. Like, that would be really cool. And then also, so many other things. Like, again, like, Maddox and I talked about this. Like, I think it would be really great if we see a transition where the Marvel Universe isn't dominated by men. I think as soon as Captain Marvel comes in and sort of takes over, I think there's this great... In the comics, there's been this great conversation between captain marvel and captain america where they're like well actually who has the who has the outranking position and they kind of joke about it but really it's technically captain marvel because captain america never really made anything past private because he was only made captain america because he got the injection of the super serum but he was still technically a private like things like that i think would be amazing if you know captain marvel comes in she hulk comes in like Lady Thor comes in, like all these, all these women kind of take over. Malacan. I think that would be amazing if we see that kind of happen over the next few years. That would be mm. incredible. So that's if, where I see things going. If Captain Marvel rolls in at one point and like Bruce Banner is off the scene, I'm like, oh damn, I wish we had a Hulk right now. And she's like, oh, I have a Hulk. And like Jennifer just like, comes strolling in, and is like, oh hey, what's up? Um, like I want She Hulk. She's so much more interesting than fucking Bruce Banner. Um, I Hulk out yeah. at least once a month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to toss it over to uh, Blue It because I just looked at. I think you have a a huge point that I actually have been spouting about myself. So Blue It, I'll let you boy. So honestly, like I, my thoughts were more on the next movie, not like the movies to come. And I think that Ant Man and the Wasp honestly holds the key to that. Um, there was this one throwaway line in Ant-Man 1 where they were talking about the quantum realm. And they said that the quantum realm breaks down both space and time. Um, and if you use that and think about it a little bit, that is two of the six infinity stones. 
And then I think the the quote also pertained to reality, where that reality breaks down when you lose space and time. And that's literally half of the, the Infinity Stones in one realm. And I think that Ant-Man... What? So what if he, like, if he does something in that movie to wind up back on, like, Thanos' gauntlet, and the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp is him riding an ant on, on like, Thanos' gauntlet in the past, and he can just pluck a gem off the gauntlet. No, That would be no. amazing. That's, so that's not what I want to talk about, but, like, through the through the quantum realm, they could potentially break through space and time. So they could go anywhere at any time. That's what I'm saying. Like, why wouldn't you go to like Thanos's knuckle three months from now, and then pop a pop a gem off, and then pop a roach, and then pop a roach. Da, 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 da. But so that's that's literally. I think that's what's going to happen. Where they they bring back these people. Because they travel back in time into different places through Ant-Man's capabilities. So while I think that this movie is going to be hilarious and stupid and nonsensical, I think that the concepts introduced are going to be ultimately the way that they beat Thanos. Which, the more that, Paul Rudd, the better. That's what I actually cool. was talking about of how, uh, I think the way that I was looking at it is, <clears throat> I don't know what's going to happen, obviously, in the uh, this next Ant-Man movie, but it had something to do with what they mentioned in Ant-Man number one, of literally going and exploring the microverse, and that's going to be a key of how Ant-Man is going to, Ant-Man and potentially the Wasp, right, are going to be a part of this next battle, and that, ex- that same exact thing, or or this is how they avoided death. This is how they avoided being like eradicated is because they were in the microverse. That's therefore it's a different universe, and it didn't really affect them. Same universe, different dimension. But it's it will be interesting if they use actual physics to beat infinity. You know, like the only way to realistically nothing beats an infinity stone. But if you can physics, you say. But if you can, yeah, right. <laughs> but if you can, <laughs> if you can bend Excuse physics, me. you might be able to, like, you know, the whole thing about space, uh, or, uh, like hyperspace, is that we don't actually travel in a straight distance. It's you bend time to bend the distance. Like, if you can break physics, you can break infinity. And I think that's what you're going to see explored in Amam versus the Wasp. It's the opposite. You don't bend. You bend the distance. To bend the time, to change the time, right? Yes. So instead, yeah. of, instead yeah. of traveling, instead of, yeah. instead yeah. of traveling in Rob, the, uh, the X or to the Y direction, you travel I'm, through the Z direction. Yeah, no, I'm I pretty sure. This. I'm pretty sure Blewett has the doctorate in physics here. So you're right. I don't know yeah. what the fuck I'm talking <laughs> no. about. I didn't. I, I didn't go to grad school. No, you didn't. But hey, I mean, good, I'm glad good, I got the words. You, I'm glad I got words. Like they, they weren't just made up. Just words made good. Glad I got words. So if you put the Band-Aid on the wristwatch, you're obviously going to be able to travel millions of miles at once. Exactly. In no time at all. What else you got, Blood? No, that's it. That's my crazy theory. Ant-Man is literally the key to Avengers 4 because he can, on his own, can bend space and time, which is two Infinity Stones. Which is a third. I will will buy you a beer. No, no, no. no. So the half I got was the reality. So if you can bend space and time, you can bend reality. And that's the half. In conclusion... In conclusion, we're going to leave with everybody and every, all of our beautiful, beautiful listeners, all of our Ryan Dowds and Derek Sung's out there in the Wait, world. Wait, can I uh, tell my theory? Uh, theory? Yeah, good. I, you already uh, did. I think, 
I think Hawkeye is going to come out of nowhere and kick Thanos in the nuts. Do you mean the chin? He's probably not wearing a cup. <laughs> he's not thinking about it. He's like, oh, arrows? And he's like, no, my foot. You're nuts. <laughs> and then the end of the movie. It would be in. interesting if Hawkeye's family just dis- dissolves and he's like, son of a bitch. And well, that's yeah, that's what's going to happen. And he's going to flick his fingernails off at people like precision, like in your eyeballs. That's what Hawkeye does. But in- he's going to kick Thanos in the nuts. In conclusion, <laughs> we will say uh, this is going to be like given a final thoughts. Like, would you recommend this movie? And if you do recommend this movie, what other movies would you tell everybody to go watch beforehand? Um, I will start with our special guest, the one that everybody likes, Maddox. Uh, in conclusion, what would you say about Avengers? Infinity War. Wow, I almost called this Age of Ultron because of you, Rob. Like so, many, <laughs> so many times. It's not. It's not it. I like that movie, but it's not it. Maddox, what do you got? I'm really impressed that Marvel was able to pull this off. I mean, nobody's ever done something like this before. Like they have been building up this movie for the past decade, uh, introducing characters in their own movies, and then having those characters interact with other characters in other movies just to build up to this. Like, that is insane, and I am so happy that it didn't suck. Um, it, everything in it just worked so well. Um, so I think everybody should go and see it. Uh, Rob? Uh, I mean, I, the movie was absolutely fucking incredible. Um, I want so badly to that give comes it a, out in June. <laughs> Incredibles two, is that what you're referring to? Yes, it's is, a bad joke. Is that the joke you're trying to make? Because it, it was terrible. <laughs> that was the opposite of incredible. Fuck your you joke. Are. It was Fuck fucking you. terrible. <laughs> the terribles coming soon. Yeah, the terribles brought to you <laughs> by <terrible>. Warren. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I was saying, before I was interrupted by such a terrible joke. Um, movie was incredible. I want to give it a 10 out of 10 for the fact that Disney and Marvel said, fuck it, we are actually going to let Thanos snap his finger and destroy half of the universe because that's just bold. That's fucking bold. Nobody really thought that they were going to go through with it. And they said, you know what? Fuck your expectations. We are going to go through with it. So I want to give it a 10 out of 10 for that sheer fact. But then I want to give it a nine because I'm really upset that they didn't introduce new characters. Again, like Adam Warlock or Nova, and they're waiting for Captain Marvel for the next movie, um, and that they didn't introduce anybody from the extended universe, where they had so many opportunities to just quick little cameo, daredevil kick someone in the face, and he's gone. And he's just fucking gone afterwards. That's it. That's all I needed. So I want to give it a 9. But I'm not. I'm going to split it down the middle at 9.5 out of 10. Movie was great. Uh, Mocha. So... You know, my final thoughts for this movie is that more than anything else we've seen with in the MCU, uh, this film was a love letter to the fans. Um, it was a love letter to all the fans who have been there since 2008's Iron Man. It was a love letter to all the fans who've been reading comics. Um, they just really went out of their way to kind of please people on that. Um, and honestly, it's been a few days since I saw it, and I'm still shocked. Uh, I'm still shocked that this story at all was adapted for mainstream audiences and that it was done so effectively. Like, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up like reading Spider-Man comics, but Infinity Gauntlet was the first comic that I ever read that wasn't just a Spider-Man comic that got me into reading like more comics in general um, and really ignited my passion for like sci-fi and Marvel and uh, as as a whole. Um, And if you had told me at any point in my life 
including up to about a year and a half ago, that the that Marvel was going to be able to not only make an Infinity Gauntlet movie, but also successfully like adapt the weirdness and the abstract natures and the craziness from the comics onto the screen and do it well, I would not have believed you. I just and I would have been like, you're fucking crazy. That makes no goddamn sense. Um, so I'm just super psyched. I think that anybody who likes these characters or these movies should go see it. Uh, Kyle, final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts is uh, all will be taken over by Captain Physics, provided by Dr. Bob. And that's how this all comes down. And that's why it gets 11 out of 5 for me. All right. That's no, the pretty solid. Great. I, no, yeah. the movie's great. I give it a, I give like solid nine out of ten. There was a lot of very fast pacing, a lot of things that could have breathed a little bit more. Even though I know it's split into two, which m- makes me wonder how much more is going to be like chalked into this. All the same, it was. I kind of liked that it never let me breathe. Like there was a lot of tension like that was put into that. So that's why I still very much enjoyed it as much. That's cute. Uh, Abbott, final thoughts. Yeah, and uh, I think. Marvel handled it very well, considering the fact that in the midst of this is when they finally locked down the fact that uh, both uh, Fox and Sony had sort of bent their will. And they sort of, at this point, have access to all the characters that they need for the most part. But it's not going to be a year or two until they're actually able to access fully Spider-Man and the X-Men and the Fantastic Four and things like that. Like, for example, uh, replacing the Herald of Galactus with Hulk was very bold. And I think that was really cool to sort of have that Bruce Banner moment rather than the silver surfer being like, Oh shit, Thanos is on his way. Oh, you guys got to look out. And suddenly it's the Hulk very humbled in this moment where he tells everybody like that almost like doubles the stakes in the comic. You're like, Oh shit. Like silver surfer was still flung across the galaxy to tell you these things. But when it's the Hulk, it's very terrestrial. You kind of get that feeling of like, he's the strongest person on earth. And he's still terrified. And that's great. And I think that really builds things up for the people who've been watching these movies over the last 10 years. But ultimately, I think that going forward, the next few movies over the next few years, considering how they're going to handle things, is going to be very interesting. And I think that um, we might actually wind up seeing the Silver Surfer. We might actually wind up seeing the Fantastic Four interact with these characters. And that's very exciting. And I think that unlocking these things through this event it's it is an event like that's how they used to call it in the comics like now it's like a movie event and i think that going forward things are just going to get more complex and it's sort of normalizing the the film the regular film viewing audience to these things and i think that's really great because it's going to make them more apt to accept these things versus having to read 12 different comics in the week that comes in, they're just going to be able to see one or two movies and be like, okay, I'm ready for the next one. And I'm very excited for that. And I'm very excited to see where they go after this, after especially the, the folks who come into this seeing only just the movies and being like, Oh, they just killed off all my favorite characters. It's like, no, they're okay. You're fine. Like someone like me can see that and be like, they'll be back. But like, wait till you see what they do to your actual favorite characters next year. Like it's, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited duly to see how the people react. The people who did grunt and kind of moan when they did kill off some of their favorite characters this time, see how they react to the characters who've been there for years next year. Like 2019 is going to be the year of the groan. 
They're going to see, yeah, exactly. They're going to see the the follow up. They're going to see Avengers four, and then that's when you're really going to see the oh shit moment. Like everybody thinks that this movie was heavy. Wait until they see the next Avengers. That's mm-hmm. what I'm excited for, and that's what this movie was for. It's a great movie. See it, no matter what. Go out of your way. See it. But next year is going to be just prepare for it because it's going to be great, but it's going to be doubly as heavy as you think this movie is. The only thing I want in this next movie is more death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to have Thanos in death like that. I don't think is necessary. I think they did a very masterful way of kind of negating that. But I think that we do have to kill more people. We do have to kill more characters. We do have to wait it up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to toss it to uh, uh, Bradley. Yeah. So just to piggyback off of what everybody said, like after 10 years of building up to this moment, it's a fantastic moment. And they definitely bring it to life as well as you could expect. Uh, Josh Brolin, he brings it as Thanos. We've got a new complex character that even if he gets defeated, I hope comes back in some capacity in the future as well. Um, the only, like the biggest thing I would say is an issue with this movie is I've seen a couple different reactions to this film. Those that I know who have followed the MCU since its inception and are hardcore invested in it, they love this movie to no end. Um, anybody where this might've been, they tagged along just to go see a movie. They said, yeah, that was a lot of fun and excitement, but I don't know what's going on. So you kind of have to see those movies in order to watch this film. Uh, there is no skipping any of the films, even Incredible Hulk you have to watch to get to this moment. Uh, and it's, uh, But it's an incredible culmination, incredible, like just bringing a significant, like one unique point to this Marvel universe that's been developed. Blueberry. And I hope uh, Avengers 4 is called Avengers Assemble. Blueberry. I can uh, second those sentiments. I really hope it's Avengers Assembled. Um, They need that uh, recombination of Stark and Rogers. Uh, This was a perfect range of emotions for me. I don't think I've ever seen a movie where I've laughed as hard as I have. Um, I've nearly come to tears in some scenes and then I was also blown away by the action like usually a good movie will do one of those three things and this it did all of them um I really didn't think that Civil War could be beaten by like for best comic book movie out there but this did it like I Ooh, it's still up there on whether it's a better movie than Logan or Dark Knight but like, this was it. This is the best comic book movie, pure, pure comic book movie that's ever been made. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's, uh, and I know we had talked about it, and I thought about like uh, posing that question, but I didn't think it's not the right time for it because I think this goes into like a different sort of category uh, entirely because it's such an ensemble on an ensemble movie that. It's a little bit different, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go and off of everybody. Trouble. Yeah. Well, not only, not only that, but cause like you can't even put this as, you know, if you rank your you know top 10 or if you rank the MCU movies or rank the Marvel movies, it's, you can't really, because this is just about, and I think you mentioned this before and Blue had mentioned this too. Like there's a bit of piece of each and every one of these movies 
even so, they've gotten the directors. I don't know if they got Taika Waititi, but they've gotten the directors from the previous movies also to direct the film, the the scenes from this movie. So it's like it's a mini, it's a lot of mini movies, and then it's all crescendoed together, and they all kind of cohesively together with the Russo brothers. And it's kind of unfair to judge this movie personally, right? Um, because it's it's building off of, and it's using that feedback, and it's using all the information that they had from before into putting this piece of work out. So um, I I don't know if you can. I, I don't know if you can like judge this fairly. I, that's that's my um, reasoning. But I love this movie. Uh, I'm going to literally echo everybody else. I'm not going to repeat everything that everybody said. The one thing I would say is I'm I am glad that this movie took. Uh, it went to a lot of these moments, even when like talking about the Hulk, because they introduced the fact that the Hulk and Bruce, Bruce Banner are two different people cohabitating one body. Um. You kind of talked about that, and they started talking about that in Age of Ultron. They talked about it even before that, and if you watch the other Hulk movies, we definitely kind of know that. But they really kind of ramped it up in Thor Ragnarok, knowing that there are different people. And when Bruce says, I have no idea what's happening with the last two years, where the hell am I? I've been trapped. Um, and that's a good sign of what the hell is actually happening with Bruce Banner. Um, so once they're cut, they're start, they slowly start to mention the fact that maybe this Hulk is like, maybe not like kind of the best thing. I, I thought that was just like one of my, A, he's my favorite character. I, I talked about, I talked about that before, but then B, I like the fact that they bring it up because it's just things that we just don't quite hear about of like people kind of like battling with like internal demons sort of thing, or just internal things that nobody else can really help with except them. So I thought that was kind of a cool sort of a sentiment. And it's a cool part to um, bring up. I definitely will recommend this movie for everybody to see. Um, and I'm pumped. Uh, I guess I have to say before we get to everybody else's stingers is uh, I, have, I have to give a shout out to I'm going to see this movie again on Friday with my friend Denise. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Ooh, so, Denise. yeah. Yeah. But I'll uh, get a shout out. Uh, so with that, we have a down the front podcast. The official podcast of downinfrontpodcast.com. I want to thank my special guests, Rob and Maddox, for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, Rob, where can you find more of your work? And what, what do you do online? What do I do online? I mean, I guess I'm a facilitator of knowledge for uh, the local nerd in video physics? game community. Oh, uh, also, of course, physics. Yeah, of course. Um, no, so I'm... Uh, I'm if you guys haven't heard the last podcast I was on, the <laughs> Jigsaw podcast with you guys, um, <laughs> or if you guys don't know about Not Another Gaming Podcast or Wicked Games or Wicked Good Gaming, um, we are a video game blog site, wickedgoodgaming.com. Um, we facilitate nerd knowledge and video game knowledge out to the masses through the internet. Um, you can find us at Wicked Good Games on Twitter. At Wicked Good Gaming on literally everything else. Uh, and we also have our top trending video game podcast on Spotify currently. Not another gaming podcast. Check us the fuck out. We do this shit every single week. Uh, we tend to have lovely guests on, several of which have come from the Down and Front podcast. Uh, we got to get Mocha on. I've been telling the rest of the crew we were going to get Warren on as well. They both disagree wholeheartedly, <laughs> saying, no, we can't. 
Oh, fuck Warren. He'll never yeah. come on the podcast. That, Kyle that, has that. come on the podcast. So, um, yeah, <laughs> check us out. Um, it's a great podcast. Yeah. Oh, hey, oh, my God. Thank you so much, Bryland. You were such a great guest. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Say, yeah, very warm reception. <laughs> Comfortable. Yeah. So, wickedgoodgaming.com, at wickedgoodgames on Twitter, at wickedgoodgaming for everything else. Uh, not another gaming podcast. And, you know, thank you guys so much for having me on again. You know, yeah. it was a blast. Yeah, we had a good time. I mean, Next, I will definitely yeah, I will see you there for Deadpool and Ant-Man, too. Yeah. And but the thing is, I got to come back on for Captain Marvel so I can prove my point right. And, you know, flip everybody else off again. Like, fuck you guys. My tinfoil cap conspiracy theories are always true. And if you're I wrong, hope you're ready to watch that movie with me, I'm I'll watch it. I will fucking watch. Oh, OK. Well, you know, I'm, I like <laughs> to be big spoon. All uh-huh. right, all right. We'll work it out. <laughs> well, Rob, as as always, we enjoy seeing your face. Maddox, where can we find more of your work on the internet? Oh, I'm not cool. I don't have a podcast or blogging site or anything. I just argue with Abbott every day, constantly. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, we all argue with Abbott because he's... He's always wrong, constantly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Great. Uh, Brylin, where can you find more of your work? What do you do? Uh, you can find me writing Hawkeye fanfic on Twitter at Brylin, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. I also put up uh, many movie and TV reviews on Instagram from time to time at I am Bryland. And also, when I'm not in California, I'm the host of the Gamescast, twitch.tv slash downandfrompodcast. I uh, wish I could do it over here in uh, California if they release a Twitch client for the Switch. That'd be amazing. I would love that to happen because there's a lot of great games that would definitely benefit from that. Uh, Mocha, how about you? You could you yeah. could get a you could get a capture card for streaming. Yeah, I I need money for that. Well, I know I know it's like two hundred bucks, but two hundred bucks can go to something else, like wine. Yeah, <laughs> shit ton of wine. Um, but word, you can find me on Twitter, snapping my finger at Internet Bullies at Mocha Mike Li, as the Lord intended. Um, unfortunately, you cannot find me at Mocha Mike. The person who owns that username turned to Bubbles before he could pass it over to me. So unfortunately, it's out of my reach. Um, but still, at Mocha Mike Li, you can also find me on Instagram at Mocha Mike, where I post a lot of my photography work, as well as at Mocha Mike on Medium.com, where I write some longer form uh, reviews of the type of movies that we talk about here. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm tossing it to Kyle. But I'm on Instagram and Twitter. It's both Kyle Kowalski, K-O-W-A-L-S-K-Y, or it's just random musings or photos or things going on with uh, my band Actor Observer, which can be found at Actor Observer on both those more formats as well. Uh, we just finished a tour. We are going to be releasing an album, and there's a lot more exciting things around that to be announced, but can't be announced just yet. And so step on into there to get all those updates. Nice, man. Jeez. Thanks. Uh, add it. Yeah, you can find me um, on the feed uh, on the Fear Boners episodes. I release those periodically. Uh, every once in a while, we have a new one potentially coming out based around uh, Bruce Campbell. Um, but otherwise, on the internet, I am the abs man. That is uh, A-B-B-S-M-A-N, not to be confused with the ass man. Otherwise, you'll get a lot of butts. Uh, and that's one a, Billy Gun. It's true. It's not necessarily a bad thing if you like butts. 
that's perfectly fine. So it's a 50-50 roll. If you find me, cool. If you find a butt, that's fine. Either way, you're bound to win. So Google that shit. You're either going to find my face or a butt. You win either way. Nice. Click that I'm feeling lucky button. Does anybody click that button sometime time? I haven't. Uh, keyword butt, B-U-T-T. Hmm, okay. Is anyone sure it. it's still there? I, well, you have to I go to f- Google.com to find it. And I don't think anyone actually types that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I go to, I, I, not. I type in Google.com and then I go to AOL.com and then Let I log into my email. Let me Google that for you.com. Somebody asked Jeeves. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, oh, uh, oh, Jeeves. Shredder, where can we find more of your work? And I think you have a show coming up. I hope you do. I do. I just have not posted about it online because it's too far in advance. We're playing in three nights. Um, and uh, <laughs> Three nights <laughs> away? Yeah, it's three. It, How will everyone it's, remember? It's so far out there. Um, this is, I think, going on our fifth month of uh, having an EP Im- imminently available. Um, yeah, it's kind of on me. I just got to mix it. <laughs> That's it. Um, but yeah, my news is the name. Uh, kind of looks like my anus, but it's uh, a little bit bigger because it's got a space in the middle. Um, if you want to. <laughs> <It isn't. laughs> I'll leave it. <laughs> If you want we to, lost, we lost at it. If you want to, you can reach out to us on uh, email. Uh, it is, I believe that the snapping happened because I, Jesse Rand, have not spoken to a single woman in seven months uh, at uh, gmail.com. Wow. It's a long one, so let me. Let me Power let me, Stone. I believe that the snapping exists because I, Jesse Rand, have not spoken to a single woman in seven months at gmail.com. Now you're just being hurtful. (laughs) (laughs) And we are the Down in Front Podcast, and I would say happy birthday to Robin King, Brooke Boardman, Jesse Rand, and the beautiful Bryland. Happy birthday, man. Yeah, I know it's not your birthday quite yet where you at, but it is your birthday where we are. So happy fucking for episode one hundred, baby! Bang, 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 bang! Hey, oh, that's right. You can find all of our work or literally searching the Down in Front podcast. So check out our Twitter underscore DIFP. Check out our Facebook, facebook.com slash Down in Front Podcast. We're literally everywhere. On the email, we have a website. On our website, we have you know, like the video teasers. We have some music from uh, some original music from Blewett himself, as well as our bio. So go definitely check that out, downinfrontpodcast.com. And if you do want to kind of help us out in any and all support is like amazing. So definitely check out our Patreon, patreon.com says downinfrontpodcast for just $1, Bob. I mean, the price is on the can, right? Price is price on the on can. Price is on the can. Four locos. Price is on the can, though. Very true. Uh, four are, locos you guys yet, are you guys yet sponsored by Arizona? We are working to. on it. They what may. The we're not they working may or on may shit. Not, we're just saying they that may or may have then. not uh, put a restraining order on us, but <laughs> that's just a way of saying that they love us, right? True. I, that's what I think. Just to make the heart grow stronger. So we are the Dollar Front Podcast. We will say. Thank you so much for hanging out. This is episode 100. We're super excited. Our birthday is coming up, so we will be going through in June for three whole years. So I'm super excited about that. So stay tuned for that. We're going to do something special and maybe we even uh, toss up some gifts. So who even knows? Who even knows? You better open up your wallet. Damn. 
Not for you. I was going to get for Rob and Maddox. Fuck all you. Show me your wallet. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for hanging out with us. Thank you so much, for everybody, for listening. Uh, we will see you soon. Our next episode, we're not entirely sure, uh, just because there's so much stuff going into the summer movies that's already started in April. Thank you, Marvel, and thank you, Disney. Um, so definitely kind of keep out, keep an eye out. We're going to be pushing out more and more content as we always do. Uh, with that, we will say so long, farewell, Avita, say get drunk, and we'll see you later. Adios. Destiny comes for us all. Bye. 100, baby.